Welcome to the Supremely Intercontinental Puckcast, a podcast about fake little hockey guys. I'm your host, Ian Constable, GM of the Banff Rockies. Nerd! We have a very exciting podcast tonight. We will be talking with Don Morrison, GM of the Whitehorse Huskies. As well, we'll be talking trade deadline preview with Norm Donovan, GM of the Philadelphia Fires. So let's get started with Don Morrison. And six months ago, when Doug introduced me to you guys, I thought, wait a second, could it be? And now I know for sure, I just added two more guys to my wolf pack. <laughs> All right. Four of us wolves running around the desert together. GM of the White Horse Huskies. Don, how are you doing today? Doing great, buddy. Really good. Just finished a round of golf at 444 and uh, and then been doing my homework here for this podcast for the last four hours. But other than that, yeah. Uh, Perfect. Yeah, I, I heard you're quite prepared for it. So so I'm I'm really happy about that. Um, we'll, get, we'll get right started. Uh, people want to know where, where were you brought up? Where did you grow up? Okay. Buckle, I'm going to talk fast because this is a long timeline. I'm an army brat, right? So I was born in Vancouver. My dad was in the army and we were in Sardis. And then he went to the uh, Middle East. He was in the United Nations with that force they had there. He was, in the, he was an engineer. He's a fireman type of guy. And then we went to Winnipeg with the army. Then we went to Pembroke with the army. Then we went to Petawawa, which is an army base. We lived there, and then we went to Kingston, right across the penitentiary farm, and then we went to Ottawa. My dad worked in that secret secret base called CARP, which is now a museum, and uh, then he retired. We went to Vancouver for, I think, the school year, half a year, three quarters of a year uh, with my grandparents, and then we moved to Ladner. My dad got a job there, and then he uh, joined the post office in Ladner, so I was in Ladner from 69 to about 88. I moved to Kamloops for a few years. My son was born there. And um, then Penticton for a couple of years. And my dad and my uncle were in Whitehorse. So I always wanted to go to the Yukon. So I phoned the Yukon. I just put in job offers. I phoned the Yukon. They said, uh, yeah, if you come here, we'll give your wife a job. Well, at that time, it's really hard to get on the post office, right? So I said, okay, we'll go up there. She'd get a job and whatever. So we went up there just for a year or two and uh, we were there from uh let me look at my timeline here 91 to about 2009 so it was a great place to raise raise kids and uh we loved it there and when we were there it wasn't booming or anything so it was really nice eh? and it's a capital so it has lots of amenities it was you know i didn't mind the cold weather for some reason i don't know but uh you had outdoor hockey and everything it was fabulous that way then I went to the island for about a year because uh, some woman lured me down there. And then uh, that was after I was, the kids were out of school and I was, you know, this is 2009. And then I came back to Penticton here where my buddies are that I grew up with. And uh, yeah, I've been here. I mean, I was at OK Falls for a while in this area. OK Falls is close to here. I had a farm there for a year and a half and then uh, rented it at Goats. That was pretty cool. And then... Uh, I'm where you where you come visit me here. I kind of liquidated all my properties I had and uh, bought this. Uh, I call them a trailer. That's what we call them the Yukon. But here, people here call them modular homes. But you know, it's still a trailer. I came here in a hitch and with tires, 
anyway, I bought this trailer here. It's my bachelor trailer. It's an over 55 park, and uh, here I am. That's it. Retired. Yeah. Uh, so you're in Penticton now. Do you miss the Yukon? Oh, I love the Yukon. You know, I miss my friends there, and I love the golf. They had Mountain View Golf Course. I was a member there for 18 years. I actually loved shoveling the snow, eh? We had, I had a big place to shovel, but, you know, all the neighbors come out, and it was a good place for the kids. They had all their friends there and had a good upbringing. So, yeah, no, the Yukon was wonderful. It's a wonderful place. It really is. I don't know. Were you able, able to play any midnight golf in uh, at the end of June no, there? Yeah. I got two hats here, didn't I wear? I got to wear one next time we play. I got still got two Midnight Sun hats. Nice. My dad would love it. He'd come up there, be golfing, and then all of a sudden he'd be, you know, he lose track of time. You think it's the middle of the afternoon. He's, it's <laughs> 11, you know, but that Midnight Sun's awesome. Eh? Like, yeah. Yeah, no, they have lots of awesome stuff, like hockey tournaments and, and stuff. When they do stuff there, it's a big celebration, you know. Like If you go to a tournament somewhere like Mayo or something, like the whole friggin' town comes out. You know, like everybody from babies to like guys that are a hundred, they have the, like in the, the school, they have big dances and feasts. And so it is really cool that way. Neat. Right on, right on. It kind of makes me think of uh mystery Alaska, that movie. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> hey, yeah. best thing, best thing about living in the Okanagan other than golf. Weather. Weather. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot easier to be a postman here than it was was in the Yukon so I came here for like the end of my career and really like I'm here right now I got a five minute walk to one beach you know I can I'm in between two beaches yeah like I don't have to go to Hawaii so and I get to start you know I mean I was golfing to December last year and we're whining because it took us to I don't know <laughs> the beginning of March now we're so hard yeah. done by we had to miss a month or two but I mean it's just you know it's don't tell anybody don't come yeah. here it's the oh, best it's place yeah, so yeah, which yeah. which beach are you five minutes from? Is that Skaha? Uh -huh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right on. I That's love that beach. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, did you play hockey growing up? Yeah, I played hockey. Um, well, I started, I moved around so much. Eh? So I played outdoor hockey mostly when I was a little kid. And then when I came to Ladner, we actually in Ladner, and then it was kind of cold. We had outdoor. But then I got in a league, and our rink collapsed. In the, oh, wow. it was at Boundary Bay Airport. So then we joined up with Tawasson. They had a new, so it was the uh, South Delta Hockey. I was in that. Um, played there. I mean, it was hard to get ice time. My dad's be waking you up at four o'clock because the rink was gone. You had two communities using one rink. So right. they're waking you up at like four o'clock. You feel like puking. <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> anyway, so I, yeah, I played in, uh, I played hockey in uh, Ladner. Yeah, and then kind of quit when I joined the post office, and actually the same. I also played lacrosse, and I quit oh, lacrosse too, because yeah. they're both violent sports, <laughs> and uh, you know, and that's kind of you know I would always be mixing it up too. But but you can get injured and stuff, uh, so I just switched to fastball, uh, just so I could still you know I mean you don't want to be going to be a postman walking twenty miles with a broken leg, so yeah. that's kind of why I did that. Yeah. Yeah. And you're still playing today. I've seen pictures of you out there uh, uh, on the ice and stuff. So you're still playing now? 62 games last year. Never Fantastic. Missed I was Love a medical. It. No games this year. Okay. And we yeah. play uh, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you, we get there at 11. It starts at 12. So everyone gets there and yaps. And then we stay for like an hour afterwards or whatever. It's just like a, a social thing. It's wonderful. But yeah. 
So those 62 games, was that all, that's all winter? Do you play any summer leagues or anything? Or is that just for golf? Golfing. No, no, okay. Golfing. <laughs> and it's on the summer league. They used to have right. guys, guys that were stored in the HL would come back and they had a good summer league there. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All around the Okanagan, lots of lots of hockey players, lots of NHLers, AHLers throughout the uh, Okanagan. We play, we played with uh, with a guy who's going. When you and I played, we played with a guy who was uh, going to be playing uh, U.S. Uh, college that year, I think right? Seen yeah. playing for Trail, you know that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then he, yeah, because he was trying. Yeah, that's right. He was. Uh, I think he was seventeen, and he was he wanted to uh, get. Uh, Get a year in in the BCHL before he went to uh, one of the schools on the East Coast in the uh, in U.S. College. That was pretty cool. He was uh, a how big many? Guy, right? Yeah, he was a big guy. How many V's games a year do you get in uh, non-COVID year? Of course, between ten and fifteen. I, you know what else I really enjoy is the prospects games. That's where I've seen the players and that I wanted yeah. to pick for two A. Eh? So and they we didn't have that either. So for a couple of years, so the prospects games were great. And the bees games. I mean, it's kind of obvious here. I mean, some of the players I got are at bees. <laughs> <laughs> well, they always have a good team, right? They're always a really good team. The the bees. Uh, what they are, they're high flying, and yeah. they're just totally offensive, which is right. interesting. Right. Uh, you're an original six GM in the SICHL. Uh, what's the biggest changes you've seen over the years in the league? What question is this? Uh, it's the seventh one on my list. <laughs> okay. Well, I know I wrote down answers here. I just started yapping. Um, yeah. yeah, I've been in here since 1998, 21. Um, you know what it is? At, at the beginning of the of the the league, you get people coming and going. So we had a guy from Montreal there, and he just he knew this. He just kept taking all these draft picks, and he ended up. They, I think they split his team into four when he left. What's his name? I, I can't remember his name. Anyway, um, you'd get people that would come in and they would leave or they just trying to win for a year. So you, they would get taken advantage of and making stupid trades and stuff. Now, oh, my God, these guys are like scientists. You listen to them on your podcast. <laughs> you know, like, where's the dummies? They're bringing in all these people and they know everything about every player. And, you know, so it's you can't like grizzly bear guy can't rip everybody off and there's less the predators that are out there there's less for them to feed on right because the quality of the gms and there's no turnover so people are looking at this as you know this is going to take two or three years or rebuild for 20 years like henry they're patient right and uh it's totally different the quality of the gms is way higher that's what i would say the biggest cool excellent and how did you get involved in the SACHL? I mean, your original six, uh, how did uh, you find out about it and get started in there? I think I was looking at an FHL site and I, there was a couple teams on, I made one team was called the white horse or the uh, white horse claim jumpers. And then the Huskies I put in with the SICHL. Now mm-hmm. the white horse claim jumpers went for a year and then it folded, which kind of sucks because I was accumulating draft picks. <clears throat> and then, um, but this league, I figured it'd be the same thing. So, I mean, you got to put it in perspective. When I started this league, my kids were 8 and 10. So, I mean, I'm busy with kids. I'm working. I got a dog. I'm playing, you know. So, it was, you know, and I knew nothing about computers. So, but it's, it was a good thing to do when you're tired from all these physical activities that come in and 
monkey around a computer and then, you know, be in this league. So nice. that's when. And, and uh, why the Huskies? Why'd you name them the Huskies? Okay, the White Horse Huskies, if you go back, there's a Canadian Senior Men's Championship, and we were in it for two years, the White Horse oh, Huskies. And nice. they won it one year. <clears throat> yeah, they won it one year. I played with some of the players. They played in their leagues and stuff. But So that's why I called them the White Horse Huskies. And the claim jumpers, they were also in the Yukon, and there was like a Junior C League, and it was us and like, I don't know, five teams from Alaska. It was just an animal show. But, you know, you'd get the whole town would show up to the rink type of deal. So it was mm -hmm. all kinds of fun. Eh? There's always some rhubarb going on. But, so that's where I got the claim jumpers from. And oh. originally, my farm team was called the Dawson, Dawson City 60 Belows. So Dawson City, Yukon. And 60 Belows is the name of Barn Town. But they're my East Coast League team now. And uh, the claim jumpers, Penticton claim jumpers are the GHA team. Nice, yeah. Um, so the Huskies, uh, the White Horse Huskies, the, was it the Allen Cup then, the senior championships yeah. that they won? Yeah, right on. Oh, good. That's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, all right. So your draft picks used to stay mostly within North American players. Then you picked uh, Victor Hedman. Uh, did that success change your outlook on drafting Europeans by itself, or were there other factors? Well, you know what? I take exception to that because okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what my first draft was. This is a 1999 dispersal draft. My first pick was Alessi Yashin. Okay, then I picked yep. Scott Niedermeyer. Then Sergi Samsonov, who was on our team. He's beloved Husky. He still holds records. Boris Mironov, we loved him. He was there for years. I think he's still up there in the plus minus. Oli the goalie, Olas Kolzig. I mean, these where's where's the where's the uh, North Americans? There's one. And now I will tell you why whoever put that comment in probably says it because after I picked Yashin, right, I was all excited. He had like, I think, 104 points the first year. But then Yashin turned into Yashin. He yeah. was more interested in his fashion model girlfriend. I mean, he kind of reminds me he's got all the size, all the skill, and he just didn't really try especially mm -hmm. when the playoffs come. And he, he kind of did that with the Huskies. So I ended up trading him. I'm going to look at the trade. I'll press his name. But I actually think I traded him to Sean. Is St. Louis, I don't know. He kept changing the name of his teams. Um, if they got the transaction still here, they might. No, they don't. But I'm pretty sure it was Sean when he was the, uh, you know, it wasn't St. Louis. It was Chicago something. or He was something. It was something, but it was, I traded him for Steve Sullivan. I'm not sure who the other guy is. Maybe it was Brian Ross. I'm not sure. Anyway, I traded away Yashin because I was, and I did write a story about him and I just trashed him because <laughs> he, he didn't put an effort in. So yeah. I'm not against, and if you look at my team, my team's more diverse than any team, but um, yeah, Yashin got bad enough. Okay. Okay, well, um, you have incredible teams. How do you continue to pump out elite teams every year? Um, you know what I try to do? And that's not true either. If you go back, I've had to, like me and Eric had the race to the bottom when it was the Tavares and Hedman and DeShane show. So okay. I've had teams for it too. But, late, you know, lately, these guys all came of age, a lot of young guys. And... Uh, 
I try to reload on the fly. Like this year, I kind of realized the team didn't really have it, no matter what I did. You know, I built them a new rink. I don't know what more to do. <laughs> and uh, it just couldn't. And it wasn't Gibson even. He's got great stats. It's the freaking offenses. I don't know. They just, they're frozen. It must be the cold weather. Anyway, so, <laughs> yeah, I kind of just try to rebuild on the fly. And uh, and I also don't like, the, sometimes they don't give up on players. Maybe I should give up on them faster when they come around. I've had some late round picks. I had Mark Giordano, who I traded to uh, Matt. He was in diapers. Um, and he was a free agent. Um, Tim Thomas was a free agent and Alex Burroughs were free agents. So I've spiced in a couple of free agents too. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, they're set again. I mean, they're, they're great this year. Uh, uh, I haven't checked today's, uh, the results from today's, but as of yesterday, you're only one point out of the playoffs. Uh, oh, easily talk today. Let's have an interlude. I'm going to talk about today. I had to play the new Norse. We just got eliminated from the playoffs. <laughs> These guys haven't won in three weeks. I'm looking at Marcel's 95 morale form. All these guys are like, they're like dancing on candy. They're so happy. They're 85 morale. So he brings all his troops up. He's really playing this new rule to a T. So he brings all these troops up. And I'm, all of a sudden, I'm playing a team that's not, you know, everyone else got to play him. He just rolled over, right? I got to play him like four or five more games. I'm going like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sound like a complainer, but it should uh, work. I would rather play them the first half of the season. That's hard luck. That's hard, hard luck for sure. Absolutely. No. What are you um, asking me about well, what they're going on a tangent? Well, I mean, as of recently, then uh, you've continuously had powerhouse teams, uh, but still no banners. In fact, uh, I believe you're the, as somebody told me, you're the. Only original sixer without a banner. Uh, what is it that's holding your team back from playoff success? Uh, and this is actually a question uh, from a GM who happens to be in a similar situation. Well, you can set the table, but there's no guarantee they'll eat. Like, I've thought many times I had a team that could win on paper. But, you know, you need that uh, Ricky DiPietro to go 17-0, and 0, or you need the legend of Al Hammond to fifth string goal to come up and win the championship or uh, I lost in overtime to Canadian Vision. I think it was Mark Pessy or something that somebody had and he had like, you know, all these guys are rated zero and all of a sudden they come out of nowhere. So I haven't had one of those, uh, I don't even know what you want to call them, lightning bolts. Um, this year I thought I had maybe my best team, but Gibson's rated $73 or $73, 73 in net. So I don't know. It, it probably did, didn't seem to work well. I think competition's harder too. So, and right. I, I didn't want to spend fifty million dollars for Rask. I just, I just, yeah, I don't yeah. know why. I'm too Scottish or something. <laughs> so, so speaking of Rask, then, have you ever yeah. considered dropping a huge bomb and spending in cash or in assets to just create a super team that is just unstoppable? I had Rask. I traded Giordano for him to Matt. But, uh, but, um, oh, I know, I know what you're saying. Okay. okay. Uh, hmm. I don't know. I think my team was pretty good now. I just, mm-hmm. oh, I mean, Bill Guerin back in the day when his contract came up, I gave him $10.5 million. And that's when $10.5 million is like 50 now. So I've tried that. I've tried to load up with guys. Okay. But, 
I, in all fairness, I should have went after like a top goalie this year, I guess. But when I look at the stats, it hasn't been Gibson. He's got almost the same save percentage as last year, and I played a more offensive style this year. So okay, even this though the numbers, yeah, I was offered um, a higher rated goalie, and I didn't take it at the time because Gibson was super hot at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. If I seen it now, I might have went for it. But uh, that's hindsight, you know. You never yeah, know. Maybe I'm... I'll. Well, and your team, and by not, by not like just like throwing all assets out and, uh, and, and just all your cash, you're in a great position moving forward every year right now that, well, at least since I've been in the league, you've just been like uh, an incredible team. So you give yourself a chance every year anyway. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Who's your biggest rival in the SICHL? Would you say? You. The small, market the small market guys. teams, okay. Yeah, nowhere teams, the teams that's got like uh, no population base, you know, and right. they got people doing ticket drives and 50 50 <laughs> in the stands to try to raise money. That it's got to be you. The uh, people of Banff and the people of Whitehorse love their hockey, <laughs> they will support yeah. it to the end of the earth. They people come in from outside the city because the city can't the city can't do it. So the people come in from outside the city to support them. I got people from I had a twenty six thousand seat arena, so I have people come from Alaska. <laughs> They're just coming from everywhere. Dog teams, yeah, yeah. Perfect. In the rough Saskatchewan Rough Riders. All right. Uh, favorite deal you've made over the years? Favorite deal. Uh, you know what favorite deal? Um, actually, no, the deal with Norm's one of my favorite because when I say I actually made a deal with Norm and I didn't get burnt alive, um, <laughs> that's a badge of honor. It's really, I mean, you know, oh, he made a deal with Norm. It's kind of like you should, if you're a cub or something, they put a give you a badge to show on so on your shirt. <laughs> many have made a deal with him. How um, Alex still available too for three number ones? Um, I like the deal I made with Mark. Uh, the exchange of it's, I don't know what I gave him a few draft few a few draft first rounders for to get Quinn Hughes because mm-hmm. I I seen Quinn Hughes and I wanted him. That uh, wasn't with Mark. That was with me. Was that with you? That was with me. You you took me on that one. <laughs> oh, you're, you're my right. Wa- you're welcome, see, I Don. <laughs> see, you know what? I don't try to do that because I don't even know who it was I did it to. Uh, I like the Rask for Giardino deal, deal Mark Giardano. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, let's see. Um, hmm. Oh, of course, the McKinnon deal with Gary. I had two mm-hmm. deals with Gary, the Zabinajeb and um, um, Big Z on defense. I traded uh, – who the hell did I trade for him? It was Myers, um, Brad Nielsen. And another player. Anyway, he was going for it, so he loaded up with those guys. They're all pretty highly rated. And I got those two as prospects. That turned out well. And then the last deal with McKinnon, I gave him everything, the kitchen sink, and uh, and I got McKinnon back. That And there was my big deal, man. I, yeah. I missed the whole draft year because I gave everybody to him. Everything, yeah. all my prospects. The cover was bare because I wanted to add McKinnon and go for it, that extra scoring. But he didn't score last year that much. So, yeah, it didn't mm-hmm. work out. Oh, well. Fair enough. You did. Yeah, you're right. You did go for it without that. Was a, and I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um, favorite, uh, uh, sorry, 
is there a trade that you've made that you regret making the most out of all your trades? You know what? It wasn't so much as a trade. I had Brad Marchand, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't re-sign him. I let him walk for three and a half million because I took the first first round pick. And I don't know if it's I didn't understand the rules or what it was, but uh, Pat got him. So I just have written down here, F you, Pat. I'm not sure what that <laughs> means. Anyway, he keeps bringing it up. So, <laughs> and you know what? I don't, I kind of regret trading Jordan Stahl to Nova Scotia because he kept getting hurt. And as soon as he got hurt, it, they got rid of him. He got sent to Germany and he wanted to be closer to home. And I'm sure he's not from Germany. So he's probably alone there right now without his family drinking beer. So I feel guilty about that. Okay. <laughs> I know. Not very nice. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there a GM that you've uh, actually never traded with in this league? Well, I was going to say you, you and Mike. I don't think I've traded with Mike. I've come close, but I came close on actually the deal I made with Norm. He had another deal for another defenseman. I think Norm threw in a, bit, a little bit better pick. Okay? So I took that deal, but I was close to making a deal with Mike, but I can't really remember making a deal with him. And I was going to add you, but then, you know, we did the Quinn deal. And, yeah, know, and, and Tyson Berry. We also did Tyson Berry. Did we? Yeah. Trade him for. Uh, you got a first. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Okay, yeah. so there you go. Maybe Mike, but uh, if he was here, he might say we did. But uh, <laughs> oh, I was in the eight-way deal at the summit. That was pretty neat too. Oh, that was yeah. When you guys you pulled that one off, that was pretty neat. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay, so favorite draft pick. Do you have a player that was your favorite draft pick of all time? Yeah, um, Drew Doughty, Jordy Stone, uh, Quentin Hughes, and Hedman. I don't want to pick one. Okay. I love all those guys. They were all I'm very happy with them because they let, well, I mean, the, the three of them stood the test of time forever on my teams. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Those yeah. are some beauties for sure. Uh, yeah. is, there, is there a player you always wanted? but you were never able to acquire. You know what? I wrote down a couple of names here and okay. I thought to myself, what the hell would I tell these vultures who I want? Right. <laughs> Forget it. I'm not, t- I got no answer. I don't want anybody. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, maybe, maybe the player's already retired. Either you always wanted them and, and, and you never got them. Retired. Yeah. No, I never really, I, I don't know. I mean, okay. I always like the guys in the Canucks or teams I'm watching, which is. Oh, awesome. okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, your favorite player all, of all time in the SICHL? Well, it's, I don't know. Probably, if now it's probably going to be McKinnon or Hughes. But, you know, I'll tell you a story here. Uh, Zach Hyman, when I was in Kamloops in probably 1990 or 89, 88, Zach Hyman came there with a team called the, it was called the Ontario or Toronto Red Wings. Right. They had Red Wings, but they're Toronto Red Wings. It was and they came and I watched him play. And I said, that guy's a good player. So I always followed him. And then when he came up in the draft, I picked him. Eh? So I've always kind of liked him. Um, okay. I like Gallagher because he's from where I'm from and he just never stops fighting. I like Zadorov. I just like his presence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nylander, I love the way he handles the puck. So those are guys I really kind of like to watch. And then they're on the team, too. All right, great. Uh, Don, what's with all the emojis? 
Well, you know, I, I just like them because they're silly. And uh, I like being, you know, really, I don't know anything about computers, but I know how to press an emoji. So. <laughs> and with this, this new Twitter where you got these things you can put on there, I, you know, it's just a laugh-a-thon, really. I, <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know what? And everybody else loves it, too, so that's great. Uh, hockey, or go- hockey or golf? Uh, I tell you what, I love both. Um, it'd be like having to pick between one of my kids. I don't think I can do it. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's you know. Fair enough. I, mean, <laughs> I love hockey and I love golf and I love playing both. And I How like many, watch. Yeah. How many games of golf do you get to play a week? Uh, you know, summertime. Uh, only five or six. Oh, Maybe only. Four. Okay. <laughs> very nice very nice all right and your handicap my handicap's 18 even right now. okay uh, excellent yeah change the way you keep handicaps so so it went up but, all right uh, yeah something that was wrong you know <laughs> there's always something that's not wrong. yeah it's, uh, it goes up just before i uh i come to the okanagan and, uh, and we play it all of a sudden the don's handicap it just uh, happened to have gone up but uh you know <laughs> well, no, it did because before you only had you only had to adjust two strokes, right? Right. Now you can take three. Well, right. you know, I mean, I get triples. I mean, everybody likes it. Give me another triple, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you got to give me strokes. You're like a freaking professional. <laughs> oh, whatever. You beat me. That you made that. We we went in tied on eighteen. Uh, actually, you were up by one on eighteen, and I had the I had the uh, I had the birdie putt. You had the par putt. I missed my yeah. birdie putt, and you and you sank like a fifteen footer for par to to win it. So, uh, yeah, that was well done, lucky. well done. That was that was a fun game. <laughs> Best round. That was perfect. Oh, it was fun. Yeah, I'm gonna enjoy that seventh rounder. I'm not trading it. Yeah, that's coming up in uh, in the summit. Absolutely. Uh, what's your best round ever? My best round ever. I wrote it down here. Uh, was let's see, one over. It was a tournament 28 years ago, and lately, I think four years ago, I had 75 at Twin Lakes. But, nice, uh, yeah, that's fantastic. One over in a tournament that is awesome. That's and that's the time to do it. Wow, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I had, I also won, I won some tournament, I won some uh, the flight there. They had different flights for your handicaps, right. yeah. So, buddy actually caddied for me, too. It was pretty fun. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Uh, favorite course you've ever played? Um, well, I got to mention Ma- Mountain View. I got a picture of my wall of at the Yukon course. As a member, I played it thousands of times. So I love mm-hmm. that. And, and I love this course I'm on right now. Mm-hmm. One, there's so much water. Eh? And it's yeah. just a nice walk. Eh? When you're finished, you feel like you're not tired or, you know, it's, yeah, it's really, really lush to eh? and that's exactly the word i was just going to use for that course it is lush pentecton pentecton golf course is very lush absolutely yeah them today yeah Yeah. they're just no it's yeah no for sure any course that you haven't played but it's on the bucket list well you know i wasn't in maui but i didn't play that kapalua and you see it on tv that would be something or i wouldn't mind playing the old course at st andrews right i, mean, yeah. I don't have a bucket list but <laughs> the woman i'm going out with now really likes to golf she likes to travel so she'll okay. probably we'll see yeah that's pretty yeah 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 
you never know, right? Uh, well, favorite favorite Okanagan winery. Uh, favorite Okanagan winery is Legends Distillery in Naramata. Okay. Beautiful view of the lake, and it's got they distill all their alcohol there, so they have all these high quality alcohols distilled. It's really good, nice. and uh, my daughter works there. Her name's Heather, so go visit my daughter. Go to Legends Distillery. It's not really. I'm. I'm not talking about a wine. It's just an ad. Okay, we need an oh. ad in here. Please go to Legends Distillery if you're in the area. It's in Aramata. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Uh, that that'll cost you. Uh, that'll cost you a couple of uh, coins. Score <laughs> coins. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Favorite part of the SICHL. Um, I think it's the people, hundred percent, and the league. It's, you know, I was actually explaining this to one of the ladies that we were golfing, and I was telling her all about the everything and the people, and she could just see the joy and how I was going to be on this podcast. But, and I always tell people, I said it's the best website in the world. Go see the website. The oh, website, yeah. it is. It's ridiculous. Like I know, you know. I mean, I I don't know how to do anything. Like when I started, I didn't know nothing, and I probably know less now. But uh, I'm still just blown away by how good that website is. It yeah. just, yeah, and the people. I mean, yeah, the whole thing. But I love the people that are great. Well, I think you nailed it right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, how do you spend your SICHL draft day? Uh, draft day, I tell everybody I'm busy. Tell <laughs> all my friends I'm busy not doing anything that day and that's i do i just tell them no i don't care i'm busy that's too bad um and i love to have magazines because this is where i'm at a real disadvantage because i love those magazines with all the prospects you read about them and i mark down stuff on them they don't have that now which puts me at a disadvantage so now i got a computer i got a tablet and uh you know i mean the last two years i really didn't have well, two years ago, I didn't have any picks, so I went and visited my son. And um, last year, it was sort of second rounders and stuff is when I started picking. So it's more fun when you got those first rounders. <laughs> that it is. That it is. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> favorite moments from the summit. You are, of course, at the legendary uh, 2017 summit. Um, favorite moments from there? Uh, first of all, I'd like to say the summit was amazing. It really was. I, I just, I can't believe how professional it was, like, put together. It's just like, these. I can't believe how smart everybody in this league is. I'm going like, holy mackerel. <laughs> anyway, I was blown away, and it was, we had so much fun. It was like a laugh-a-thon. Um, I think, uh, well, I like the eight-way trade. I like the, uh, when we were at Mike's place, we had the big screen, and then they had the fight. Yeah. And you guys Everyone's kind of gunned up. Michael Orm was telling me we were talking that if we won the championship, we we're going to get a body tattoo, the whole body that says SICHL world champion on it. Um, <laughs> and he probably doesn't even remember. Uh, I like the axe throwing. I love the rink tour. And then we were sitting in the bar making all those deals and everything. So, and, uh, you know, when we had that live draft and we're all yeah. sitting up there, like Roman empires and you come down and you got to make your draft and everything. Yeah, that was pretty, that was lots of fun. The whole thing was fun, but that was, it's hard to pick. The whole thing it was great. It was really is hard to pick something out of that, right? It's just, it was, it's so amazing. First class all the way. Uh, Mike, 
Mike Franchicini, you know, he, wow, what he put into that is just incredible. Together, but they should get a job putting stuff together. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Okay. Will you be attending future summits? 100%. Wild horses could not keep me away. I'm going to all the summits. And when I die, I'm going to get my ashes flowing through them. We'll remember that for sure. Okay. <laughs> what is life like as the grinder, Don? Mark Ari promised me. He said, yeah, I mean, it's wrong to think this, but when the, when the time comes, the White Horse Huskies, whoever takes it over, they're going to have to keep that name. And that okay. Yeah. Original sixes. And that's yeah. what he said. Right? And that, Perfect. to me, that's class. I like that. I like that, that too. Anytime soon, or I wouldn't have traded for those 2022 picks. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Don, what is life like as the grinder? What grinder? I'm the grinder? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, I wish I could be the grinder. Have you read some of this? I mean, he comes out as insulting, but there's actually quite intelligent and uh, use of language is far probably better than my skill. Um, I'd have to go through all the GMs. Yeah, they, so if you say you aren't the grinder... I'm fighting uh, with myself. Half the time, I'm fighting with the grinder. How the <laughs> hell can I... Who do you I think it is, then? Oh, it could be anybody. I thought maybe you. It's You know what? It's something that's somebody that's really smart, but they're really nice. But inside, you know, like Kazim or you or... How about... Well, it can't be Norm. Norm wants to insult you right to your face, right? <laughs> so Eric's too busy. He's got kids. I think Henry's too nice. Could be Bryce. How about Doug? You know, those guys like that, the silent types, you never know. He could go into a closet, put that suit on, be the grinder. I don't know. I I, I really don't know how. Maybe Kirk, Captain Kirk. What's he doing? You know, it's not Gary because he's doing all the insider and all that. And so you got to figure, I don't know. Somebody's last, maybe Mike. Mike's super smart. He could be lashing out. Mind he's got lots of kids and stuff to look after now on the website. I don't know. Well, I still think it's you. <laughs> well, you've narrowed it down to half the league now. So so we're halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> oh. well, maybe it's just you guys. <laughs> it's oh. Jake, Phil, and Chris. That's who it is. Yeah, I, don't. <laughs> I know it's one of them, buddy. Who have we not mentioned yet? There we go. All right. <laughs> Is that all? Oh, there's only we got five pages here. I hope there's no more questions. Okay. Don, this was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so yeah. much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I wish you luck the be- the rest of the way. I I, I think you're going to make it. You're always uh, you're always my call to be in there in the top uh, in the top four to be fighting it out. So yeah. We're fighting to get in there. You never yeah. know. And, uh, you know, I mean, drop me a line. It's easy. I I, I can book it, like, uh, I think it's five days ahead or whatever. I can put in a ticket days ahead. So. Oh, I'll be I'll, I'll be in there this year. The last year, you know, it just didn't didn't work out uh, with the no. COVID. I plan, I, 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 I really it's, think it's, I'll have my shot by then, by yeah. the summer. So my vaccine. Yeah. So, so, yeah, I will be there because I'll be out of the lake. So. That'll be great. You got the vaccine? No, I haven't yet. Um, oh. uh, 
not sure exactly when it'll come around for me, but I, I'm sure, you know, that I'll have it, how things are going in Alberta. I think I'll have it by the end of May. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I hope in anyways, I really hope I do, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. And again, uh, so much fun having you on Don. Um, people were so excited when they heard you were going to be on, uh, to, to put some questions out there for you. So that, I know that, uh, this will, this will definitely be a popular one. Thanks for all the questions, everybody. <laughs> all right. Don Morrison, GM of the Whitehorse Huskies. That's right. Bye-bye. Always fun talking with Don. Okay, let's get right to it. Next up, we have the trade deadline preview with Norm Donovan, GM of the Philadelphia Fireants. We have a trade to announce. And for those of you in the building, you'll be particularly interested. Okay, and welcome back to the show, everyone. I'd like to welcome once again to the show, Norm Donovan, who is the GM, of course, of the Philadelphia Fire Ants. Norm, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing great, but I'd just like to uh, say that it is the two-time Continental Cup champion, Philadelphia <laughs> Fire Ants. Noted. <laughs> Noted. In case anyone forgot. Well, Norm, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to be talking about the trade deadline, which is coming up on March 21st. Uh, for us right now, while we're while we're recording this, that is six days away. However, when this goes on air, uh, it'll probably be four days away, and when people start listening to it, probably uh, three days away. But uh, hopefully, people can take this and maybe get some some ideas for themselves, or maybe what somebody else might be looking for. I really loved your uh, your video that you put out there, um, and and I agree with so many things that you were saying there. Um, what, what really prompted you to, to put that out? Well, I mean, anyone who's been in the league long enough knows that I've been ranting about my, how much I hate the idea of having a fair trade. Uh, <laughs> I, every time we get together, I seem to just go off like a crazy old person, just kind of just <laughs> rambling on and on about it. Uh, so it wasn't a huge shock to anybody, but, uh, yeah, but I, I just, well, you know, I, I saw Matt's, Matt's tweet. And that just kind of got uh, got me thinking, and I thought, I'll you know what, I'll put a I'll put a video out addressing it. So uh, whether anyone got any use out of it, it probably just came off as one long prolonged advertisement for me to sell Yaroslav Halak. But uh, <laughs> it, hey, listen, if that works, then I'll do. It. It's worth the effort for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and so we were talking a little bit about that beforehand, about about what people might be looking for, and and everything going into the deadline. And you definitely outlined it really well in that video. Um, one thing that I was wondering about, and uh, we said we might talk about it even on this show, and uh, was the fact that there is this year we have the lottery points system. So teams that are eliminated from the playoffs can uh, accrue points towards uh, towards a better lottery chance. Uh, teams two teams have already uh, entered that realm, and that is the those are the Vancouver Island Norsemen and the Hamburg Gladiators. So um, maybe there's some extra buyers. Uh, what do you think? I think it'll be interesting to see because this is the first year that we're doing it. How it shakes down because uh, you know, as we were mentioning, uh, Matt's already immediately found a way to game the system to his advantage in terms of the lottery. He's gone all in on this lottery on this lottery derby, 
so, I mean, but I think it's great because it makes the trade deadline a lot more interesting because now there's a greater market out there for, uh, you know, some of these, uh, you know, these mid, you know, these mid tier guys, you know what I mean? Who maybe, uh, you know, a top team, it's not even going to make their roster. They're not going to bother getting a guy, but if you've got a guy who's like 68, 69 overall yeah. or something like that, there might be a market on the bottom teams to try and, uh, uh, you know, try and get that lottery pick. So it'll be, I, I'm curious, I'm curious to see, uh, uh, how it's going to work. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I have to say, Matt, good on you. I would I would have been doing the exact same thing if I if I was in a situation more like that. I almost even thought about it before the year, actually. So, <laughs> I yeah. haven't got the I haven't got the balls. I haven't got the balls for it. That's too many eggs to put in one basket for my for, <laughs> for my sake. So I, 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 uh, I, I applaud his bravery. <laughs> All right, well, let's get started with the, with the teams uh, that heading into the trade deadline. We're going to look at every team around the league and see what their needs might be, see who they may have for uh, unrestricted free agents heading into this offseason, who they might be franchising, and who could be a franchise player for another team if they get the right deal, what they might be looking for. So let's just start at the alphabetically here at the top with the Acadia Grizzly Bears. Uh, and Guy Flaming, he's currently currently sits fourth in the Canadian Conference, uh, or he did when I when I did my research last night. I think that might have changed, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, he has a couple players that are potential UFAs this offseason. Claude Giroux, uh, Zach Parise, Cal Clutterbuck, and Jordy Ben. Uh, I think that. Uh, it's it's pretty much a given that he will probably be franchising Claude Giroux. I know he loves that player as well, and why wouldn't you? Uh, but some some very good players on the on the side there in in Parise, a great player there in Parise. Clutterbuck could help one of those teams that you were talking about. Um, maybe Jordy Ben as well. Those guys fit right into that uh, category. They're you know 68s, and and this is a team. He has a he has a good top six. Could use another third liner maybe or two. Uh, he has a very deep defense, but he doesn't have a backup if uh, Tristan Jerry gets injured or tired or uh, or anything like that. So I'm thinking he he might need a, a backup goalie. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I agree. That's his kind of his first. I mean, I know he loves Braden Holtby and he's done a lot for the franchise, obviously. But uh, realistically, if you're going into the playoffs with him as your backup, that's taking a risk, right? You're putting all your all your eggs in the uh, Tristan Jerry basket. So. <laughs> Uh, and again, because Tristan's young and he's got a young, experienced leadership, you never know 100% how that's going to work out. So uh, he's probably uh, already burning up the phones, trying to find a better backup. And there's a few guys that are available, uh, you know, including Halak, just throwing that out there. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, there, there, there's there's a couple of guys that would fit that uh, fit that mold. And really, I mean, if he really wanted to, I mean, I guess it depends on his level of faith in Jari. But I mean, a guy like, say, uh, Corey Crawford from The Crunch... Um, is actually rated comparably or maybe even a little better than Jari. So mm -hmm. uh, if he wanted to do like a, like if he wanted to just kind of go, you know, balls out, you know, 1B, 1A kind of kind of system, then he might, uh, he might even look at something like that. But he's certainly got, I mean, he's deep everywhere. So he's, he's, you know, he's got a lot and he's got tons of picks. He's got tons of, of, of youth, obviously. So he's got lots of assets that he could get any guy he wants, just a case of, you know, what does he want to give up versus what's right. he going to get back, right? So. Absolutely. Yeah, he can pull the trigger 
on on it. He has tons, like you said, tons of prospects, tons of draft picks. Uh, always, he doesn't usually move the draft picks too too much. I've noticed he he moves the prospects and grabs yeah. the, the the draft picks. Um, but he's also at a, his roster's sitting at one hundred on the nose right now. So whatever he does, he's going to have to give up at least as much in or at least as many um, pieces to get back pieces in the end. I don't think I'm that'll sure. hamstring him because he'll probably give a couple to get something, right? And, and again, you know, I mean, there's always there's always fat to be trimmed from a roster. Do you know what I mean? Is anyone going right, to miss? Right. You know, if he gives up. Gavin Bayruth, or I'm looking at this thing right now. I don't even know who this guy is. Like, is anyone going to cry so much? You know what I mean? Like, it's it's there's there's always there's always there's always a couple of schlubs you can just drop yes. and get rid of in a, in a pinch. So, yeah, that's that's a very good point. Yeah. Okay, so so that's uh, Acadia. Moving on to the Boston Colonials, we have Gary Graves. Uh, are, we, they, are we are we skipping the Banff? Are we skipping the Banff Rockies? Oh yeah, no, I, I forgot about them. <laughs> You go ahead if you if you have anything for the Banff Rockies. All right, I I took a look. I took a look, and again, you know, uh, this is, you know, I mean, again, obviously a very very good team. Um, I think in terms of if I had to identify a need, it probably would be uh, center depth uh, right. because it, uh, after Barkov, it kind of drops off a cliff for in terms of guys that can take a face off. So, um, you know, you might want to. Uh, uh, probably a, a good person. The, the first person on your speed dial should probably be Jeff from Havana because he has the opposite problem problem where he's got lots and lots of center depth. So you might be able to swap a swap a swap a TJ Oshi out for a center or something like that and uh, make that happen. Uh, and then uh, uh, you know your defense again is 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 pretty stacked. I mean you might want to get like maybe that that six D man improved uh, from the the guys you have now. Right. But I mean, it's not uh, it's not anything urgent or pre- or pressing. It's all it's all gravy when your team is this good. So uh, kudos. Those have been considered for sure. Uh, Jeff and I actually had a number of conversations uh, before the season, a, a lot of conversations actually with that with that in exact thing in mind. Uh, moving a a winger for a center, center for a winger, uh, just never never seemed to come through. But you never know heading into the playoffs. That that's one that. Could happen. Who knows? Well, and we'll get into it. We'll get into it as we go through. But there's a couple of teams I think that have some decent centers that'll be available. So right. there's other options, non-Jeff options for you. <laughs> All right. So you're not the only one, Jeff. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we'll move on now to the Boston Colonials and Gary Graves. Um, so Gary has three UFAs I'm looking at here. Kyle Poso, Leo Komarov, and Coburn. I believe he actually just picked up Komarov in a in a trade. Um, right. But, you know, none of them are jumping off of the page at me for a, for a franchise player. I think he really needs a franchise player. I, I agree. I think he needs... Well, he does, but... It's a case of what does he have to pay to get to get it? Because at the same right. time, like if he's if he's gonna have to give up like a first rounder or a second rounder oh, yeah. or something yeah. like that to get one, then you know, is that is that worth it for him at this stage? Because I don't mm-hmm. think that he's ready to like jump in next year and 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 be competitive necessarily. But if he can pick up a guy that he can kind of you know lock in for three years, four years, or something like that, and and have reasonable confidence that he's gonna still be good, uh, then it's probably a good idea. But yeah, again, this would be somebody like, for two years down the road for sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're 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 talking probably a younger 
a younger uh, UFA, somebody that is not like 35 or something already, um, right. a younger UFA, and uh, and yeah, that he could have locked in for a, a couple of years. He is 29 points out right now. He's 13th in the world. He's 29 points out with 20 games to go. Um, give or take, in about four games, he's going to be starting to pick up those uh, lottery points. Uh, his morale on his team just stinks. Absolutely yeah. stinks. Yeah. It's going to be tough for him to win some games. Maybe he's, instead of looking at maybe that uh, that big franchise player, maybe he looks at like a number of players that have some good morale that are, you know, that don't have to be super highly rated, but they can sneak some wins out just from just from the morale and and uh, uh, and playing some of the other weaker teams if he can grab that. It, the, the new rules actually make it difficult for someone in 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 Boston's position here because on the one hand, you know they are going to be out fairly soon, and so they could you know they're I, they're probably not going to catch up to to the Norsemen or anything like that. But I mean they could improve their standing, perhaps by you know by winning some games. But at the same time, it's that balance, right? Do you want to mm-hmm. give up? Like in order to get those guys, you're still going to have to give up some mid round picks, which aren't a huge deal. But do you want to give up mid-round picks or is it better just to say, ah, forget it and just kind of just stink for the rest of the year and then let the chips fall where they may in terms of the in terms of the lottery and, uh, you know, and and then just you've got your picks, you know. So, again, it's all if you can find cheap talent, if you can find someone trying to unload a guy, then great. But you got to be careful. Yeah. And and oftentimes that happens like right at the deadline. Somebody's like, I got to get something out of this guy before I get nothing out of him. Uh, yeah. And then you can maybe get something for a sixth or a seventh rounder that that might actually help them uh, win a couple. And boy, moving from fifth in the draft to first in the draft is absolutely massive. So if I was to oh, give yeah. up a, some fourths and fifths and, and sixths to do that, uh, I'd be all over it myself. But I mean, uh, each person is different, and, and there's no guarantee that you win that. Even with even if you win the uh, the lottery, we were talking about this earlier. Even if you win that lottery. Uh, the next set of standings for picking is is still um, last to first. Uh, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we may be mistaken on that. We could get some uh, some emails from uh, from the league. <laughs> Tell them it's different. Check, but, check the uh, comments below to see if Mark has corrected us on this point. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see who's listening. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. So the next team on the list here is the Brandon Wheat Kings. Brandon Wheat Kings, of course. Uh, let me find my paper for Brandon. There we go. I was a bit mixed up when I was doing last night. So Doug, uh, Doug Carnes, of course, the Brandon Wheat Kings. He is seventh in the Canadian Conference. He's four points up on Whitehorse. How does Brandon keep doing this? How does he keep? Because that is a tough Canadian Conference. I, this is Canada versus the world or anything. It is really tough to be in there. Look at the teams that are out right now. Uh, we have the Whitehorse Huskies out of the playoffs. We have the Edmonton Supersonics out of the playoffs. Vancouver Vipers out of the playoffs right now. Yeah. And here's Doug. Always, then, always. Yeah. Always. You're right. Doug so. leads a charmed life. I, I I think that he's just a good person, and it's karma. I think that's the only thing that's keeping it afloat. Sometimes, you know what I mean. But uh, <laughs> I think you're I right. He knows. That, he knows. That he knows a lot more than than I do. That's for sure. Because I think so. Yeah, I don't. He does a great job with this. Okay, so he he has two UFAs that I notice here: Artem Anisimov and Roman Polak. Roman Polak won't get a re- rating again. 
Yeah. Uh, but he is a he has great defense. Uh, if somebody's looking for if if Doug was moving him, I don't think he would with like sitting where he is. But if he would, then then uh, he has some great defense if people are looking for that. And uh, Anisimov re-rate's not looking too good right now. Um, he needs a UFA. Yeah, it might be something he picks up. Again, mm-hmm. I think that the the problem with with Brandon is they don't have a ton available. They don't have mm-hmm. a lot of. Uh, I mean, unless he's willing to give up his first round pick in this next uh, draft, which he probably isn't. But uh, I think that's what he'd have to do if he wants to make any kind of really significant move here. I think if he's, right. in terms of trying to improve, right? Whether that be either by getting picking up a a, a franchise player or, and or getting someone who's going to help him immediately. So. Yeah. He actually has a lot of picks. I mean, not not a lot of picks in this draft, but he has a lot of first round picks. And the next, he only there's only one year he doesn't have his first round pick. Um, yeah. But but yeah, that maybe it, it might not need a first rounder to get uh, to get you know just that extra little bit moving in. He's uh, he could use some top six forwards. Um, right winger in particular, he, I think he, he probably has, needs. Yeah, he has a decent uh, defensive de- uh, D. They're not deep. Uh, and little offense, but there's there's a lot of defense on the, in high defense ratings there, and he has yeah. good goals in. So there's absolutely enough here for him to 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 make a splash. Absolutely. In the I mean, even even if he doesn't make any moves here, there's yeah. he's got all the you know as if he gets lucky on injuries, you know, uh, and avoids them. Uh, this this could be a, a tough team to 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 beat. You know? <laughs> I don't like that right now. <laughs> Who does he get in the first round? <laughs> the the rookie. He gets the rookie in the first round right now. If if everything was to say the same, so um, I'm not I'm not liking that too much. Actually, <laughs> I think I'm gonna get uh, out uh, <laughs> outplayed. All right. Well, let's. Uh, and you know what? I talked to him uh, about uh, about maybe acquiring something, and it doesn't sound like he really wants to move a first anymore. So uh, he says he <laughs> says he wants to keep those first. We'll see, yeah. but uh, but yeah, and uh, good on him. Uh, I w- I'd love to see him at the draft picking with that first rounder. That would be fantastic. That would be absolutely really neat to see. Absolutely. Let's move on now. Then we got the Edmonton Supersonics. Uh, so uh, oh, no, we, I went I went wrong on my list here. We have the Berno Barons. Yes, sir. Yes, Berno Barons. Thank you. My my papers are all over here. Sorry. Yeah, the Berno Barons. We have Bob. He's eleventh in the world right now. He's 17 points out uh, with 20 games to go, uh, give or take. Maybe in nine games, he can start picking up some of those lottery points. He has a lot of UFAs. Uh, Val yeah. Fipula, uh, Brian Little, Yanni Gord. Yanni Gord's probably going to get a good re-rate, a, a very good re-rate, actually. That, yeah. for, for him, that, that would be a great keeper uh, for himself. Seabrook won't be re-rated. Um, Bogosian will have a decent re-rate. Uh, and Greg Paterin. Meh, but but yeah. he has he has a lot of guys that people could want right to, to help them out. I, I think that you know Brian Little in particular, I think would be yeah. the perfect kind of guy because he's, mm-hmm. he's he's a center. He's got a good faceoff score. He's you know he's 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 you know he's a veteran guy. So uh, I think he's probably his most valuable guy. Seabrook also he could probably uh, he could probably translate because again that's exactly the kind of guy someone's looking for. Right. Uh, when it comes playoff time. So, I mean, in the upcoming draft, he, he hasn't gotten any second and third rounders. He could certainly add a few with, with those two guys for sure. So, uh, you know, if he can get it, he should be, uh, he should be shopping those guys for sure. Absolutely. And I'm just looking at his team moving forward. His goaltending is great. Um, yeah. After 
after this year, his goaltending starts to really pick up. And it's Samsonov and uh, and who's the other one there? Anyways, yeah, there's two Saros. of them that are. I think Saros, yeah, yeah. Saros. Oh yeah, yeah. Last year, Cinderella. Yeah. Uh, so so and yeah. And they're both um, cheap and signed to signed to contracts for two or three years. You know what I mean? Right. So he's got them. So he's got them locked up. He's he's set uh, there. Hundred percent. So Bob. Be expecting a couple of emails from myself. I just made some notes <laughs> as uh, as Norm was talking there, so <laughs> we'll see. I was, I was just about to say Brian Little's a guy you maybe should take a look at there. Absolutely, you know, you have. <laughs> okay, we'll move on now to the Calgary Mustangs. Calgary Mustangs, of course, Matt Birch, uh, GM of the Calgary Mustangs, and Matt sit, sitting in fourth, or he was tied for fourth last time I checked. The eight points up on Whitehorse. Uh, Whitehorse, of course, in ninth right now. Uh, with 19 games to go, so he's sitting looking really good right now. He is very strong at the forward position. Uh, after Geo, his D gets a bit thin. Yeah. Um, he has decent goaltending. Uh, UFAs, of course, Patty Kane has got to be the guy. Patty Kane might be uh, the yeah. best player, one of the best players in the entire league next year. Yeah. Um, Blake Wheeler. Blake Wheeler, he's got him as well. Uh, but he, he actually moved Ehlers to pick him up this year. Uh, so he's got Blake Wheeler as well. Um, so I, having moved uh, Ehlers to grab Wheeler, I doubt he's going to be uh, moving Wheeler uh, at the deadline. So, Seems unlikely. Yeah. So uh, he, he also had Darren Helm, Dan Hamhuis, Ryan Miller. Uh, Miller makes a pretty good backup for himself. I think uh, Calgary could make a real big hit in the playoffs this year. Um, yeah, and I think you're right, though. I think I think the 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 critical problem is 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 his defense, which is not it's not a bad mm-hmm. defense by any stretch mm-hmm. of the imagination. But you're right. After Giordano, it kind of makes a steep drop down to Pionk, and then it just kind of goes down from there. So um, I think that if he was able to pick up, you know, like a, a you know a, 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 another top 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 four D man, yeah, and kind of plug him in there, I think he'd be he'd be he'd be good to go because he's got decent like depth guys in there to handle in case of injuries, you know. So yeah, uh, I think really that's all he needs is he needs to make a good push. And again, he's got uh, he's got lots of forwards. You could easily swap out one of these forwards like um, you know like uh, Riley Smith or uh, Jesper Fast or someone and and move him out for the uh, goal, the defense help he needs. Right, absolutely. And he's got lots of picks and prospects to offer as well for sure. Exactly. Okay, so moving on from the Calgary Mustangs, we're going to the Chicago Tigers. Let me find my sheet for the Chicago Tigers. We got Sheetal. Sheetal and the Chicago uh, Tigers, uh, 10th in the World Conference. But even though they're 10th, they're nine points back. uh, 21 games to go. That's tough to make up. Um, So uh, I guess he has to make a decision now. Is he he going for it still? Or is he going to kind of... Uh, ease off and and see what he can get out of some guys here. Uh, he picked up Logan Couture already. He was he jumped the deadline uh, on everybody else and picked up a, a great one in Logan Couture for that. I'm sure he will be his franchise player now. Yeah, um, yeah. He's got Patty Maroon and Thomas Grace who are also UFAs. Uh, Thomas Grace was in a great situation last year, uh, not so great this year, and his re-rate unfortunately will be going down. But he's a 74 overall goalie. A lot of teams. We were just talking about some teams that be yeah. will be looking for a goalie. Here you go, Thomas Grace. There's He'd be a great, great fit in Acadia. He'd be a great fit. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of. I mean, like I say, there's a lot of people that are looking for that kind of uh, that. You know, either uh, uh, a legit backup or at least an upgrade to the backup they have already. Right. And Absolutely. 
fits the bill perfectly. So, uh, you know, he should be shopping him aggressively. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Patty Maroon might be that guy. He, let's see. He, what's his uh, morale here? 53, not bad. So, you not know, bad. a guy like Patty Maroon, not he's not great overall here, but you put it, you can put him on uh, one of those teams that is just going into the uh, lottery points right now. And exactly. he might do some damage for some of those teams. Just, just uh, you know, like as a very late, like you could get him for very cheap, I'm sure. So. Oh yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a lot to get him. So yeah, it, yeah. is he worth a sixth round pick to help you out in the in the in the lottery push? Sure, why not, right? Yeah. All right. So uh, they have. I was just looking at some of their prospects they have coming, and man, oh man, with Byfield and Kako <laughs> and Bouchard, they've got they've got some elite guys coming. Yeah. So. Um, but he needs a bit of everything. Uh, He's got so. no first coming up in this next uh, in this next right. draft, though. Yeah, he so. gave that for Couture. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're moving on from Chicago now to the Dublin Shamrocks. Oh, good lord! Oh my I, goodness! We're gonna try. We're gonna try and predict what Ryan's gonna do at a trade deadline. Talk about a <laughs> talk about an impossible task. <laughs> All, All right, I'm going out on a limb. I'm going out on a limb here, and I'm going to say he makes a deal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> While we're talking, he might have made a deal already. Because well, today, think... uh, the, the gods, poor, poor Ryan, the gods, they he just picks up Edler, and Edler's now gone, as Ryan put it, at least into the second, at least into the second round of the playoffs. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a, just brutal injury. But he has a lot of UFAs coming up. Nick Backstrom gonna have an elite re-rate. Joe Thornton's gonna have a good re-rate. Joe Thornton has had a good year in that other league uh, so far. Cam Atkinson a very good re-rate uh, coming up. Carl Hagelin, Nate Thompson, Brian Boyle, Alex Edler, of course. Um, if somebody has an idea that boy they're gonna they're gonna make some or do some damage in the playoffs and they could go a long ways. Picking up an Alex Edler to join your team in the second round would be just massive, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, uh, Josh Manson. That's a that's a really good one. Uh, yeah. But I think he'll be holding on to these guys, except for maybe maybe Edler, like he mentioned on uh, on Twitter today, that uh, Edler was available. So, uh, and of well, course, he's, yeah. like we were saying, he's you know he's 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 clearly all in on yeah. this one now. He can't he can't kind of reverse the well. I mean, I say that, but Ryan can trade <laughs> half his roster by the time we're finished this this recording. So, I think if if anyone's going to make us because again, you know, after we record this, and by the time anyone actually hears it, it's going to be a couple of days in between. So we're going to be proven right or wrong on a few of our predictions in terms of which way they're going to go. And I think no one is going to make us look more idiotic than. Uh, than the than the Dublin Shamrocks, I think, by the time it's all said and done. But I mean, on the assumption that he's going to plow forward, still, uh, you know, he's kind of like I say, he's got all of his eggs in this basket. He's not going to let the fact that uh, you know that that Edler got injured stop that. Uh, but it's going to make it's going to make it interesting because he's got a he's he's running out of things to trade. I think is the biggest Nothing. problem. That's right. Nothing will stop Ryan this year. Nothing will stop him. I, I have. I think he's going a long ways. He's got Jacob Markstrom in net. There's another UFA. Um, and uh, Markstrom could do some real damage. I mean, this team this team's really good. They're fourth in the world. Uh, 11 points up on ninth. ninth. Like, yeah. he's he's in. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. But he's, he's still got some picks in 2025 <laughs> that he can deal. So, uh, you never know. And, I mean, uh, like, 
with that, he needs a top D man with Edler going down. That's for sure. Um, but the, the only the only advice I will give to Ryan is, unless you're trading him to me, do not trade Alex Turcotte because <laughs> he it, it's it's because he's traded a lot of uh, like I say he's traded a lot of his picks he's traded a lot of his young guys so he's all in on this one here but don't let don't let Edler phase you don't don't let him make you do something stupid now keep him keep him <laughs> and I mean he could win in the first round of the playoffs and Edler would be huge for him coming back too. oh yeah absolutely, right? absolutely. he doesn't yeah, have I mean, to deal Edler I mean he's, I know he said he's He's opening, he's taking offers on him, but I mean, you, you don't need to deal Edler, uh, Brian. So, so it's yeah. It's not um, a fire sale. Not a fire sale. I no, mean, he's got, no, he's not got the talent. He's got the talent here right now to easily win a first round. Uh, Absolutely. At least a first round, right? Like, he's, Absolutely. He's, he's, in, he's, he's a competitive team for sure. So, for sure. So, I think he needs another second liner. Um, yeah. And, and to help, and to help in that first round, another, another high ND. Yeah. I think that would help. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's Dublin. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited to see actually what happens in the, in the next week to see what uh, that was. I, I, I'm almost afraid to compare notes. I don't know how we're going to do, <laughs> but we'll see. All right. So here we go. We've just moved past Dublin. We're moving on to the Edmonton Supersonics and Mike Franciscini. All right, Mike. Mike is in uh, 11th in the Canadian uh, conference right now, but that's only six points out of a playoff spot. And he's so been killing he's, it lately. I think he's like eight one and one or something. He's been yeah. doing really well lately. So, and he already traded a huge uh, fran- what would have been a huge franchise player away, but he got Nick Ehlers in that deal. Um, yeah. And Nick Ehlers, we know that he's going to re-rate just incredibly next year, and he has very good uh, passing and scoring, uh, like top line passing and scoring ratings, right? Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, so, anyways, uh, the. UFAs that he does have going in this year, Craig Smith uh, might get a decent re-rate. Uh, Vlad Zaboka will have no re-rate. Uh, Chris Russell, 90 defense. Uh, a lot of guys would be very interested in Chris Russell. Uh, yeah. And he and he's had a decent year on the other side. So uh, he could have a decent re-rate. And, of course, uh, Anton Strauman. So yeah. uh, what could he use? Another first or second liner, like a wheeler. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Uh, but I, I mean, he has some guys that might he might want to keep uh, as his franchise player if he doesn't if he doesn't make that move. Uh, or, and it's a big or because I know he loves this player and uh, a lot of people do. He could deal like a Paul Stashney uh, for a decent return right now. Paul Stashney is not a UFA. He's got two years left. He's got this year and next. Yeah. Um, now might be the time to really get a lot out of him. Well, and and he's he had Stastny and Russell and Craig Smith and so forth on the block. Uh, right. I think that may have been uh, prior to his recent run. So I don't know if maybe that's changed his mind a little bit, his recent success. I would think that probably he's not going to... I don't think he's going to expressly go for it. Like, I don't think he's going to start making a bunch of crazy moves to acquire no. guys. But I don't think – but I think it might kind of give him a little bit of hesitation in terms of of, of moving some guys that maybe he would, have, he would have normally. But, you know, ultimately, if he can find – if he can make a deal that he gets the value he wants for it, uh, then he'll take it. Otherwise, he'll just – stay the course and just you know take roll the dice hope he gets into the playoffs and once you're in the playoffs who knows right it's a crap shoot so anybody could win that's right i think i think we're not going to see any uh edmonton supersonic deals until the deadline right on the deadline that will be that will be when uh when mike's deciding whether he's going to 
pick up some more guys. But I, like you said, I don't think he's uh, going to be selling the farm at all to to pick up anybody anybody major there. Um, yeah. He'll he'll be tweaking. He'll, he'll he's quite uh, quite the wily GM and and will uh, will will uh, probably only give off some sixths or sevenths to and he'll and he'll pick up some guys I think that'll help him going in. So we'll yeah. see, we'll see how that one goes for sure. Yeah. All right. That leads us to the Fredericton Express. And Fredericton Express, of course, Mark uh, is third in the Canadian Conference, but third in the Canadian Conference. He's ahead of the second place team in the Canadian Conference. Uh, he's going for the President's Trophy. He's only three points out of the top spot in the entire league. Crazy. Um, what? He's got David Krejci. Who's going to get a pretty good re-rate? Eric Halla, Brad Richardson, Curtis Malkinheny. Those are his uh, uh, UFAs. Eric Halla has some pretty decent ratings across the the major ratings, like passing and scoring and defense. Um, his re-rate's not going to be great, so but obviously going to hold on to him. I think um, yeah. he needs some middle six players uh, and maybe a, a top liner with experience. Like he he has incredible talent and they're young but uh he doesn't have a ton of experience on that on that roster not a ton of guys that have really high experience so maybe he uh he's looking for a a high top line guy with uh some more experience that could really push this team over the top yeah and i think especially if he could get um maybe a center i think would probably uh or at least a guy who can play center maybe uh, if he could get someone in there, that would that would help. But uh, I think maybe someone like Calgary could take a look at who's got you know excess forwards that he could uh, that he could do because Mark's got a good uh, he's got a good defensive core there. He's got a good depth yeah, there, he so he could he could afford to lose you know like a like a Jared Spurgeon or a Connor Murphy if it got him that top six forward. That's going to kind of put him over the uh, put him over the top there. Right. So that might work. And he could also use a backup goalie. Yeah, agreed. No offense to Curtis McElhenney, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I, I don't think it would cost him an arm and a leg, but it's it would be definitely worth it. Uh, Vasilevsky is incredible, uh, but he, I mean, you never know, right? So he's just he's so that. he's so good that you don't need to, you don't need to necessarily go out and do like a one A one B because you know that Vasilevsky yeah, no, no. is be solid. So it's a case of yeah. you know just a little bit better than Vasilevsky. Case of injury, kind of thing, right? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on now to the Hamburg Gladiators and Henry Ski Hamburg. So Hamburg is another one of those teams, uh, like we mentioned earlier with uh, Boston. They need morale. They need guys yeah. that can step in. He is Hamburg is now in that situation. He has been eliminated from the playoffs. He has the big that that big big E sitting beside his name, and he's starting to earn those lottery points. Hasn't earned any as of recording right now. Him him and uh, of Vancouver Island, but uh, he's in that race for the uh, for the top percentage uh, in the lottery. So he's got Jordan Stahl, who I believe will be his uh, franchise player. He traded for him uh, a, a while ago now. Um, very nice, very nice deal grabbing grabbing that, and and that'll help him definitely in in, uh, in next year. I think this team could could actually go for, go for the playoffs next year, and yeah. and again in two years. So Jordan Stahl, a nice pickup there. He's got Michael Froelich and Craig Anderson. Uh, maybe somebody needs a third goalie in Craig Anderson. Uh, Michael Froelich. Uh, and the the unfortunate thing for these guys is their morale is just terrible. There's there's nooses hanging in the dressing room over in Hamburg. <laughs> it's unbelievable. 
I mean, Craig Anderson, I mean, morale aside, you would think that, I mean, on the one hand, you might be able to get rid of him because as if someone needs goalie death, but at the same time, if he's also trying to win this kind of race to the bottom yeah. uh, by winning some games now, he may not be able to move Craig Anderson because he's going to need somebody unless he can right, find something true. better to put in there in, in, in net, right? Because mm-hmm. he's not going to want to rely on... Um, Maxim Maxim Legacy. Legacy, who's also at just just as terrible a morale. Yeah, so exactly, that's right. No matter. Well, I guess he could go to Werner, who, who even Werner is at forty seven. Werner has forty seven morale. Jacob Skerek is now your yes. one goalie. Congratulations, Hamburg. So yeah. So yeah. So I mean, I, I think it's. I think now it's it's looking at those 66, 67 guys, so that other teams will be just not playing at all. And looking, saying, hey, how many of these guys can I get for a sixth-round pick? Can I get three of them, like 365s, that have good morale, 70 morale or something like that, for a, for a sixth or seventh-round pick? And, and if he can, they could, they will help his team. They would, yep. they would fit perfectly onto the second line right now. Because um, really, all because even though these guys have low morale, if you can yeah. get a couple of guys with high morale just to kind of turn the tide and win a few yeah. games, those morales for everybody else will start creeping up again, right? Right. And then he can kind of turn the franchise around a little bit down the end. But I, I think that Matt definitely has a head start in that uh, he was able to stash a bunch of guys in the minors. So they're already yes. coming in hot. They're already coming in with high morale. So uh, it's uh, I think he's going to be tough to beat in the lottery race. But He will, but I'm not putting anything past uh, Henry. So we'll see. We'll definitely see. But you're right. It, it is going to be definitely tough to catch him. But, uh, but they're just starting at the same spot. And... Hamburg has that chance. They've got 20 games to get that morale up, right? <laughs> they're, well, they're, again, they're and, 20 games to go. And they, you know, they still have some, you know, if you look at their forward group and stuff like that, I mean, obviously yeah. they're, you know, they're, there's a reason why they're this low in the ratings, but at the same time, I mean, you know, Vrana and Stahl are both pretty good. You know what I mean? Right. You've got some, you know, Charlie McAvoy, you've got some good pieces there that you could yeah. bring together, yeah. you know, absolutely. some success. Right? So, yeah, we'll see absolutely. They, that's what I'm saying. This team has, has uh, has a chance to kind of put some stuff together next year, I believe. Uh, oh, so, yeah. so they, I think they could do it this year to to finish off. They can they can add they can add some things and and actually give a push there. So, come on, come on, Henry, go grab some guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next team I have on my list here, the Hamilton Steelhawks, and this is a team that doesn't quite have those guys right now. They're, they're rebuilding. They are rebuilding and they've got, boy, they have some amazing defensemen in the pipeline coming up as prospects, but they don't have much on the roster that could turn it around. So I'm thinking they're going to need to really, really add some pieces to do that. If they want to be part of this, because right now they are sitting uh, 32 points out with 17 games to go. Uh, they're really close in a game. Probably they're they're getting they're starting to collect uh, eliminate elimination points. Uh, sorry, lottery points. Uh, they're 13th in the Canadian Conference. They've got Andrew Shaw, Justin Applicator, Michael Stone, and Carter Hutton. Uh, no re-rates on two of those. Andrew Shaw and Carter Hutton get meh re-rates. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think they need a franchise player and. An entire team replacement in morale is, again, just like those other. They got Joel Lesprance, who has a 70, 71 morale. He'll step in, but yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think that I think that the roster, the way it, you know how it is now, certainly when you factor in morale, but even outside of morale, do you know what I mean? There's, just, I don't think there's enough there to really put together. Yeah. 
certainly, certainly, you know, when you're looking at, um, you know, Henry's team, and you're looking at Matt's team, I don't think yeah. there's enough there to really make a legitimate push for that lottery pick. So in some ways, he's probably better to not bother, keep what picks he has, and just yeah. try and trade off some, like, I mean, he's got like someone like a, like an Alan Quinn, you know, is someone you could, you could, you know, despite the bad morale, you know, stats wise, otherwise he's, he's, he's decent. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's a guy you could move for, for, for an asset. So I, I, I suspect he's probably going to err more on the side of trading away is what he can for what he can. And, uh, you know, seeing how it shakes Agreed. out next year. Yeah. Because he's got lots I mean, of picks coming up. So, because I mean, he could sit there and, and, and just not try, not make a big attempt anymore at, and have those other teams pass him. And if we're right on how we see the the the, um, the lottery playing out, yeah, he he would be sitting at the worst at the lowest spot. So therefore, the worst he could pick is fourth. If yeah. three teams get, win the win the uh, lottery ahead of him, and he'd still have a chance at the lottery. It's not like he has no chance at the lottery if he if he's so he'd still have yeah. a chance at the lottery. And the worst fourth, that's not bad. That's yeah. not not just not bad. That's pretty good, actually. Exactly, and, and again, a lot of these teams that are that are be, you know as they're being eliminated. Yes, there's going to be better teams that are that are going to be eliminated. But he's going to be by being eliminated first. He's not going to probably catch uh, Matt or Henry, but right. he's ahead of the he's ahead of the terrible teams that are behind him, right? Yeah. Because he's yeah, had an extra chance. So if he strings together a couple of wins, just uh, just on you know luck of the sim or what have you, I mean, he could be in good shape even for the lottery, right? So like he doesn't want to. That's why you don't want to kind of. Like I say, you don't want to mortgage the future for the lottery right. for the lottery race because it's 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 I mean it's a it's a crapshoot to win to to get the best odds in a crapshoot right so it's right it's 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 you don't want to go too crazy. That's right, and and he's not going for it next year. Like this, he no. doesn't have a roster to go for it next year. So a franchise player is kind of what we were talking about earlier with uh, with Boston, uh, a younger franchise player, a guy in the twenty nine age range uh, that in two years could uh, could help his team two three three years maybe right in two or three exactly. years it could help his team so and and even if they're not helping his team in two years he can still he can trade them in two years and get something even more out of them right and it's all about that asset exactly, management, so. exactly. if it's someone who's going to increase in value versus what he's paying yeah. for him now then you know why not right exactly perfect yeah. okay so let's move on to havana now jeff jeff prozeller uh yes. he is second in the world conference he's three points out of first um he has some he has some great uh ufas in josh bailey he's a well good ratings on josh bailey uh ryan Suter, of course mm -hmm. um i think ryan Suter probably is his uh, is his franchise player if he doesn't make a move for another one uh, yeah. although josh bailey could you, you never know that could be a could be a crapshoot there you never know uh Suter's not having the best year that he's ever had but He's still an excellent defenseman, and I'm sure will re-rate well. Milan yeah. Lucic has actually had a pretty good season in the other league. Uh, he would have guessed it. <laughs> <laughs> pretty good for what was expected of him, I guess we'll say. Um, he doesn't have very good ratings this year. Like, I mean, he's really like low 60s across the board um, for his ratings. He's a 67 overall, but he might be that guy that, People are like, I can I can pick him up for because Jeff may not even be playing him at all. I don't know if he's gonna even make it. I even though he's his fourteenth rated uh, forward, he's really not his thirteenth or fourteenth best forward. He's probably down in the 17, 18 range. Jeff, I don't think, is ever playing this guy in the playoffs. 
um, Jeff can deal that guy for for something, right? Absolutely. I mean, and and again, he's got. I mean, not only. I mean, Lucic isn't. I mean, his stats aren't fantastic, but they're not terrible. He's got really good checking. So he's, you know, if yeah. you're looking at just a guy to kind of just, you know, cause a little bit of damage and, you know, make a little room. Great. He's, mm-hmm. he's got a 79, he's got his morale is like 79, mm-hmm. which to these guys is, is, is gold. I mean, that might as well be a 99 overall at this point for these teams. Right. So uh, he's absolutely a guy that's, that's probably going to be picked up by, uh, by Matt or by, uh, by Henry or someone. So absolutely. He's exactly the guy we've been talking about, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That type of guy that we've been talking about. Prototypical. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. but he's, I mean, the team, the team is stacked top to bottom. They are. So, I mean, there's nothing he really needs. He might pick up a winger or something like that. I mean, listen, Jeff is not shy about overkill, right? So <laughs> if he can, if he can pick up a guy who's going to be, you know, absurdly good, he's going to do it, but I don't think he's going to barter. He's not going to trade his first out unless it's something. No, really no, 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 no. And there's no, no real gaps he needs to fill. So it's all no. just, you know, that's exactly what I had in my notes here. Stack team. His needs maybe D depth. Maybe you could use another seventh or eighth defenseman, um, and, and that's about it. Like he's he's got great goaltending. He's got a good backup. Um, yeah, he, he he has an incredible team. Um, he might he might make a move just to shake things up a little bit as well. Like I mean, right. I like uh, he's you know Seg, uh, Sagan and and people like that have been. You know, you could move like a because because again, he's he's deep at center, so he might. Mm-hmm be able to move like like Tyler Sagan or or Charlie Coyle or whoever someone you know to another team that's look at like you know that's looking for a center in exchange exactly yeah yeah absolutely you never know um all right let's move on from that powerhouse to, and we'll go on to another great team who is sitting out of the playoffs right now the Kansas City Crunch Kirk uh, ninth in the world, four points out. I don't expect that co- to continue, but it's tight. It is tight back there, uh, in right on the edge of the playoffs in the uh, World Conference. Um, so, Kirk, uh, Alex Radulov, small sample size in the other league, but g- if if uh, if I'm right on how the ratings go, I think he gets a great re-rate. Um, and then you got Corey Crawford. There's a number one goalie now. If Kansas City says, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna make a different uh, move this year. Maybe we don't try. Like, maybe we don't go for it. Although, I, I doubt I doubt that happens. But if he says it, he could get a king's ransom out of Corey Crawford. Oh, I, I would think so for sure. Uh, I mean, he'd be. I mean, I mean, a seventy-eight overall. Who wouldn't want to mm-hmm. pick that up? Like I say, if you're like, for instance, like Acadia with Tristan Jari sitting at I think seventy-six overall. Right. That's pretty tempting. Right. Or or if you're you know, if you've got uh, oh, I forget the team now, but I mean, uh, or, well, I mean, if you go down, if you look at um, we haven't got there yet, but uh, to the Huskies, right, yeah. where they they're lean in goal. Right. They could, you know, if they had a 78 overall heading into the playoffs, they're laughing. So but that would it, it's I mean, it's but there's no way that Kirk is having any success in the playoffs if he, if right. he gets rid of him. So it would have to be kind of like, a, you know it's a, it's a black or white decision for him, you know? So it depends on how he feels about his chances this year. So, Mm -hmm. uh, so assuming he's still going for it, uh, he could use, um, some extra D. Yeah. And, and other than that, his team like up front, they are fantastic. Um, but he could use, I mean, he traded away Edler, right? Yeah. There's that guy. Uh, here's the player we were just talking about with Dublin. 
this is the team that traded him away, um, which left him not huge on the back end. That's why I feel like he's probably leaning more towards looking toward looking to the future. So I I, I feel like, but I, I again I don't. But but do you move Corey Crawford? Is he hedging his bets? Right? Is he like right. okay? Well, I'll get what I can for Edler, but I don't want to totally go right all in on the losing pool. You know what I mean? I'll yeah. keep Corey Crawford and just you know try my because. You know, if you've got Corey Crawford and Net and you and you and he squeaks into the playoffs, then it's a hundred percent possible he could have some success, right? He's oh, yeah. definitely got the he's got he's got the assets up front for sure, right? So yeah, well, I mean, and right now heading in towards that deadline, uh Austin Austin Matthews out for another twenty seven days here. So yeah, uh, that's huge. So maybe that factors into his thinking. Who knows? Yeah. Um really interesting to see what uh, Kirk will do at the deadline here. He uh, like you said, he can make huge damage in the playoffs. Like he could really um, upset some teams, but he's got to make it in there as well. So, yeah, uh, exactly. I'm interested. We move now to the top team in the World Conference, the Las Vegas Aces. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so he's got some really high-end UFAs here, and I don't think he's moving them out personally. But who I knows? What Dustin, Dustin can can turn on a dime with some stuff too. So <laughs> that is true. He's got Shea Weber. Jeff Petrie, Jabo, uh, Koskinen. These guys are the lowest rating of any of those four players is seventy four. Madness. That oh, so no re-rate. One hundred percent typical for Dustin. One hundred percent. Yeah. Typical. Right. And Petrie is looking like he's getting an elite re-rate. Uh, absolutely fantastic year he's having over in the other one. Uh, Weber always gets a very good. He will always get a very good re-rate. Just he's so good defensively and he just shuts people down so much. So. Uh, we know Shea Weber will have an excellent re-rate as well. Koskinen, eh, decent, decent re-rate as we look at it right now. And, I mean, things can change. I mean, there's a lot of the other season to go as well. So, I mean, there's a there's some there's some forecasting that teams are going to do on how they think that, that their player or somebody else's player will do down the road as well. Uh, right. This doesn't mean they're automatically only going to get a decent or going to get an elite, but uh, is how they're shaping up right now. This team, they are stacked absolutely stacked they need cash well the, he always needs cash i mean yeah. but it, it, he's he always needs cash and he never particularly worries about it until no no the last minute so i don't i don't expect that i mean listen if he has the opportunity to un, to unload some salary or to get in some cash he'll do it but he might just wait till the off season and just see how it goes because again depending on how deep he is in the playoffs that the yeah. playoffs might take care of the problem for him and he doesn't yeah, make that's any true too deals. So I mean he pro- I mean I I can see him maybe trying to to shop around maybe Dadenoff uh, just because he doesn't need him he's got he's so stacked up front he doesn't need him and he might want to try and get out looking towards the future he may want to try and get out from underneath that fifteen million dollar sixty million dollar contract you know so but, I mean, I'm one to speak with Hoshi but I mean yeah like <laughs> that's again it's difficult when we're it's difficult when we're talking about uh you know how is let in what way is Dusty going to be financially responsible because it almost seems like an oxymoron so who knows but I mean the team is stacked he doesn't need anything in particular no. He's so stacked in the D. I mean, he could he could trade out a guy like Jabo uh, easily, and it not really hardly impact his team, which is crazy. Uh, and he could use that to uh, you know to get to, to make a, something happen up front. Maybe I mean, not that he needs it. He, he could do nothing. He could literally yeah. he could literally take a nap until after the twenty first, <laughs> and uh, he'd be fine. So, and it seems like like for trading and that other stuff wise for the season. 
he basically does nap, right? He naps until the deadline, and all of a sudden, I just look the other way and I look back, and yeah. Dustin has made six moves. Yeah, right, like the like- day before the deadline. Yeah, exactly. It, it's just crazy. So, yeah. So I'm I'm expecting even though you're right, he really doesn't need to do anything. I'm expecting some moves coming up uh, this week uh, from from Dustin. Um, he he's forecast uh, to be at the end of the season forty five million in the hole. Yeah, <laughs> if he can if he can collect some of that, like like you said, if he can collect something back in a trade where he is picking up cash and then make some damage in the playoffs. He could come out even again. How is this possible? How can this? He team always does. He always do finds it, but a way. He does it every time. Every time. And he has um, no picks left. He's traded away all of his picks, <laughs> so he can't even sell his picks. But he'll he'll find a way. Trust me. He'll be he'll have more money than I am by the time the by the time we hit the next like the next draft. He'll have more cash in bank than I will probably. So <laughs> someone will give him a hundred million dollars or something for. He for, still for has his first round pick in in twenty twenty five actually, and his second round pick in twenty twenty five. And I saw it was I saw on Twitter. I saw a post from him. I guess he wasn't sleeping because I saw on Twitter that that that, that first in 2025 is available. So oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> probably 20 million dollars will get you that first round pick. No problem. <laughs> there we go. Okay, let's move on now to London and Michael, the London Monarchs. All right, we're going over to jolly old England here. Uh, he's third in the World Conference right now. London is is really doing well. Uh, he's got Eric Stahl, who's a who's got a good rating. Um, we'll get a decent re-rate next year. It looks like if he continues like this, um, his defense might be low. I mean, but, uh, but that doesn't, it's not huge for a forward. Anyways, uh, Alex Dean, Ilya Kovalchuk, Jack Johnson, and Johnny Poichek. Uh, three of those players will get no re-rate next year. Three of those yeah. five. Um, so it makes it a little easier in terms of the choice. Yeah. <laughs> so, so for franchising, you're looking at Eric Stahl or Jack Johnson. Um, Jack Johnson, I don't know what kind of a re-rate he'll get for next year. Uh, the player that I think he would be uh, franchising would be Eric Stahl, unless he, unless he picks someone up. There are, there's a, a lot of players that could be better than, than Eric Stahl next year on re-rates. And he has a team that, that, that will fit right in with a good re-rate, right? I mean, he has a very good team. So yeah. what is need? Uh, middle six forwards, I think. Uh, yeah. And maybe a top D man. Yeah, he, he definitely. I think his D is is it's all fine. <laughs> Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's no, none of those guys are like all those guys are are fine. They're all good. They're all good D men. But there's <laughs> nobody that's there's nobody. But you need you need a little bit more than 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 good. You need uh, you need somebody. Uh, you need a, at least one guy on that on that who's going to. And he hasn't really got anybody who's a particularly good offensive d-man so i think no. like a like a top line offensive guy that's be, true yeah, i think it, the main the power target. play it really needs somebody doesn't it yeah you got to have somebody who's going to pass that puck around right yeah. i mean well he's got a lot of guys up front but i mean in terms of yeah. on the back end so yeah yeah okay well there's i'm sure there's some i know that there's some teams that have that maybe uh maybe uh las vegas maybe las vegas with one of those defensemen uh, could be moving to London. Who knows? Maybe we maybe we have a deal uh, in front of us that we just that just kind of appeared right now. So you never know. <laughs> uh, listen, uh, he's he's got uh, uh, Michael's got uh, 80, 80 million in the bank, so he's got enough to <laughs> he's got enough to pry somebody out of. Uh, he could pay off. Uh, he could pay off Dusty. He can get Dusty into the black again, and he's and he's all set. So there you go. Perfect. Hey, we've just made a deal. 
They will we'll write it, it in. Hang Mark. on. We'll write it to Mark. Yeah. Yeah. Dustin and and uh, Michael don't have to do a thing. We've done it for you guys. Here we go. Perfect. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the Montreal Millionaires uh, and the and Chasm, of course. Chasm sits sixth in the Canadian Conference. He has been a trading machine. He may be taking some of the titles away from Gary here. Uh, he has really made some deals. Uh, he picked up Patrice Bergeron, um, who will get an elite re-rate, of course. Um, and that, I believe that will be, yeah, looking at the rest. And he has a lot of uh, UFAs coming up here. Uh, but I, I, that's got to be his uh, franchise player right there. Duncan Keith would be next, really, uh, who will get a good re-rate. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be Patrice Bergeron, Derek Stepan, uh, Riley Sheehan, Alex Goligoski. Really good ratings for Alex Alex Goligoski. I don't think he re-rates quite as well next year. Justin Braun and Ben Bishop. I he's not going to be moving Ben Bishop. Uh, ben Bishop's his number one for sure, and he's not look, getting a re-rate next year. So um, he has no holes in my opinion on this team. No, maybe depth boards. Maybe so he could be one of those guys that's uh, picking up some of those, some of those 68, 69s that we've been talking about just to have some extra depth just going into the playoffs. Uh, just one, in case one, so really cheap. The one hole that I did see potentially in terms of his forward group, because the forward group is obviously, I mean, it's ridiculous, but uh, at the same time, he hasn't got a lot of defensive forwards like he's got Marner and then it gets down to like Derek Steppen but everybody in between are all kind of terrible on defense so mm-hmm. he may want to swap out an offensive forward for a guy with a little more defensive responsibility I think going into the playoffs that might balance things out a little better but I mean again this is just you know nitpicking at this point I mean the, the team is right that, that are playing on the second or third line you're saying because I'm, th- I'm yeah yeah I mean yeah. Marner Riley is and like Michael Grabner can play the PK Right, but but you're right. That second and third line, there's a lot of 50s and low 60s for uh, for defense. You're right. Exactly. Just pick up yeah. a, a Zemgus yeah. Gerson or two. So. Yeah, and I mean his goaltending is amazing. Oh. Bishop and Grubar, like Grubar as his backup. Wow. I know. I know. It's, I, mean, it's... I mean, that could be a move. Like maybe he's maybe he looks at uh, at uh, dealing Grubar to a team um, that needs a number one. And can pick up what they might have as their number one at the time. That would be his backup, and then he could get something extra out of it, right? Like uh, it's that could be a, an option. But but I mean, he's also going to want Grubar going into next year too. Well, I mean, but Casa at the same time, he's he's well, Casa drives me crazy because he makes all of these trades and big bold trades, and you know he picks up guys. He's clearly going for it this year. But still, you look at his roster, and he's got yeah. tons of such good young guys. Like it's like ah, oh, like, like you don't feel so bad when when you see a bunch of trades, and then you see okay, well the guy's got nothing left now, but he's still stacked even now yeah. with young guys and picks and stuff. It's a, it's 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 infuriating because you're better than I am, Kasim. So right, <laughs> right. I mean, he's gonna lose Goligoski and Keith in the off season, but then he'll have Sam Gerard that'll step right up there, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, well, good on you. Good on you there, Chasm. That is an incredible team. Uh, we're moving on now to to a, to a pretty average team. Pretty They're average right. team. Nova They're Scotia right. Schooners. They're okay. If they, you like mediocre hockey, they're not bad, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, pretty average. Yeah. Uh, so they, <laughs> Nova Scotia. Um, Jonathan Taves will not get a re-rate. That's, that is a, 
that that's got to hurt for sure. And I know I talked to Eric about it. That did hurt. Um, yeah. Colin Wilson, no re-rate. Ron Hainsey, no re-rate. Matt Niskanen, no re-rate. Uh, then he has Demers and Rask. Those are the only two that are going to re-rate. Rask will get a good re-rate. Um, yeah. uh, Demers, meh, but that's okay. He's a, he, uh, he, he's not worried about Demers. This team is a powerhouse. They need cash. Um, and maybe a franchise player with a very good re-rate. Um, Rask... Well, is while well, he's the best goalie in the league this year, like easily, yeah. Um, he's not going to re-rate quite like some other players will. Do you think he makes a move for a franchise player? I, uh, I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to seek that out. Like, I don't think that he's going to intentionally say, "Listen, I need to find a, a franchise player," because he's got, like I say, I mean. In a pinch, he could franchise Tuka Rask, and even though that's not necessarily, he's not going to be, you know, like I say, he's not going to get an 85 rating again. He's probably mm-hmm. going to go back to the usual ratings he got when I had him, which was, you know, in the 77 <laughs> to 79 range, regardless of his stats one way or the other, but that's, I'll digress. Um, <laughs> but, you know, he could, I mean, but still, I mean, he he might, he's probably still worth, worth franchising, perhaps, yeah. depending on how the rest of the season goes, but... It, it, it's tough. To, I, I Like I say, I don't think he's going to go. I don't think he's going to give up anything that I don't think he's going to go, you know, overboard trying to trying to seek out a franchise player. If he happens to see a deal that I think he's worried about helping himself now. So if yeah. he can find a deal that helps him now and also happens to get him a guy he can use his franchise player tag that he likes better gravy. But I don't think he's going to necessarily seek those out. But who knows? It's Eric. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, he picked up an okay guy going into the going into the deadline. Who's not a who is not a uh, UFA? Uh, will not be a UFA. Uh, Mika, oh my goodness, he picked yeah. up. Yeah, so so he he might have already done his dealing, right? Going, I mean, I know he'll pick up some other things. It's Eric. He will he, he will make some himself. deals and uh, and he'll pick up some extra depth and uh, and everything, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he goes for that franchise player, like you said. And Rask will, I'm sure Rask will get a good re-rate next year. It won't be, like you said, it won't be anything like this year. He's got, okay, he has some stuff to move, though, uh, if he wants. He, he has three goalies that are 73 or higher. Uh, Jonathan Quick, he can, he can move quick. Or Reimer, yep. Reimer's on a $525,000 contract for another two years after this. It's insane. Um, <laughs> and he's at 76. Yeah. Um, so uh, he can make and and he has Bobrovsky um, locked in for next year. He's uh, his franchise player. Uh, so I was going to say he's probably he's kicking himself that he can't. He's probably kicking himself that he can't trade Bobrovsky because Bobrovsky <laughs> at 68 overall, he's totally expendable as far as Eric's concerned. He's got yeah. an 88 morale. I mean, oh uh, right. Henry would be beating down the door trying to get Bobrovsky if he was able to make that trade, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you gotta absolutely. Think get that playoff race, but uh, yeah, I mean, he he absolutely could move a Quick or Reimer. I mean, probably Quick would be the guy you'd move, but uh, yeah. And he's got some he's got some guys up. I mean, because his forwards are it's so deep. He's got you know like he's already put up uh, you know Arvidsson and guys like that. Uh, some of these kind of 78, 77 range guys, but again, they've they've got good morale. They're you know, they're decent guys still. So these could be also more fodder for uh, either guys seeking depth for the playoffs or for the uh, the uh, the race to the bottom. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nova Scotia's in good shape. Okay. Yeah, I think they're right. <laughs> Another team that doesn't need to do anything, but probably will continue to do a bunch of right. things. Right, so. exactly. Okay, so let's move on now to Ottawa. Uh, we have Pat in Ottawa. He is eighth in the Canadian Conference. He is one point up on Whitehorse. He's got Brad Marchand. That is going to be his franchise player. Um, he'll get elite re-ratings. Um, he's already elite as it is at 79. Um, he needs second liners, uh, yeah. in my opinion, and uh, a seventh D-man. But this is a good team. Uh, he can move some picks and prospects. He's he's in good shape. Pat's in really good shape. He definitely needs a goalie because I mean, Kadokin okay. is he's got a minor he's got a minor injury right now, Ooh. but it just shows you. I mean, as soon as as yes. soon as Kadokin goes down, Chris Dredger is your is your number one goalie, right? So uh, he probably I mean, if he wants to make a playoff run, he probably wants to because Anton Kadokin has only got uh, sixty seven endurance and a sixty eight durability. So. Right. There's a good chance that over the course of the playoffs, he's going to need to sit or he might be prone to an injury. So you want to have better insurance. So he's a guy that would be in the market for, you know, uh, a 70 plus goalie as a backup uh, for, sure. for the playoffs, I would think. And right now, if the playoffs were st to start today, he would be playing Nova Scotia. Does Nova Scotia <laughs> deal Jonathan Quick? <laughs> to, <laughs> to Ottawa. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think you would, but that would be an amazing no. storyline, wouldn't it? That would be. That would be. That's. I want to see it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So. So yeah. He. I think Pat's in very good shape. Although he's got like just a powerhouse right behind him, one point out. Um, that's gonna be a fun. It's gonna be a fun race to the uh, to the playoffs. That's for sure. It's gonna be very enjoyable for me to watch. I don't know if it's going to be so enjoyable for those two to watch. <laughs> it might be yeah. more some, some more heart palpitations, but um, yeah. Absolutely. All right. So next we move to another really good team and we have the Philadelphia Fire Ants. Norm, your team. They sit sixth in the world. They're not, you're nine points up on Casey. So you've got a nice cushion there, but you just lost um, a very important piece uh, going in, uh, going into the final stretch in Yaroslav Halak with that injury. Yeah, uh, he, he screwed me. He screwed me right at the precise <laughs> wrong time. So that's that's fairly typical. But what are you going to do? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you kept you kept Steven Stamkos, who is now yeah. injured. Uh, not not for long. Stamkos will be back soon. Uh, instead of keeping Rask. Rask, <laughs> and now you not only is a lockdown, but Dan Vladar, your backup is down. Yep. So, and let me so tell you, Casimir Kaskasio won't be far behind them. All these guys have terrible and terrible durabilities. So, once one goes, it's like a domino effect. It's terrible. That's why get that's Kask why Kasko must not have been playing because his morale is 23. Well, he he's been the problem was is that I had him on the pro roster because of injuries the last time right. this happened. Okay. And in order to send him back to the minors, I'd have to send him through waivers. So I've just been sitting him in the on on the in the press box and the, you know thinking, oh, it's fine. We'll just write out the end of the season and I'll get to keep him. I don't even know why I'm bothering. It's Casimir Casasuo. Is, is there yeah. a big market in the waiver wire for Casimir Casasuo? Honestly, he probably would pass right through and no one would care. But I have a I have a personal affection for him. A because his name is fun to say, which obviously yes. is very important to me personally. And uh, I follow him on YouTube. He's actually got a very good uh, uh, YouTube channel. So oh, cool. Uh, All right. So, but uh, yeah. So 
like I say, I think I probably still may. I, I think I'm still probably going to make the playoffs, but I think I'm going to drop mm -hmm. down. It'll be close. It'll be close. All right. So Joe Pavelski is getting a great re-rate. Elite, I have yeah. him down as for re-rate. Joe Pavelski. Um, Mike Green will have no re-rate. Uh, Tanev, 97D right now, and uh, and a good re-rate always. Um, and Yaroslav Halak, excellent re-rate. Um, my thoughts are you need a goalie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and some, some middle six scoring maybe, the uh, uh, an extra middle six score, uh, and maybe a second pair D. Um, I've heard you say you're not going to pay this year to get to get that. Like not oh, like obviously not overly overly pay. Uh, I'm sure you'll give something to get some of that stuff. Um, probably a seller. I I'm definitely a seller. I, okay. I I mean I like I say I, I there's things I definitely should I definitely need, but I kind of went into the season with the thought that I wasn't. You know, I wasn't going to sell the farm this year because I keep mm -hmm. getting caught up in that. Like I have unexpected success and then I just, mm -hmm. you know, spend a bunch of picks. And I, you know, I, I you know, I got it. It worked last year because I got into the final four, but uh, I can't do that every year. So I'm trying to hold on to my picks and my prospects this year. So uh, I think that probably uh, I'm going to be trading Halak if I can. Uh, Tanev is on the market. I might even trade a guy like like Zucker uh, or Zucker. And um, if those guys get traded, then a couple of guys further down the roster will kind of pop loose as well. The ones I've kind of officially given up. But at the same time, I am still probably going to be in the playoffs. So mm -hmm. uh, I don't necessarily if I can't get what I want for them, I'll just hang on to them out of spite and out of, you know, whatever. I'll just see how I do in the playoffs and roll the dice. But uh, if I can get what I want for them, then uh, they'll be gone. So. Yeah, nine points up right now on, and that's on ninth. I mean, there are two other teams that, that would have to pass you as well. So I mean, it's not just yeah. it's not just ninth place. So yeah, you are looking good for the playoffs right now. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. This one's going to be interesting. But I mean, what a huge market there is as we've just been talking about for those guys that you just mentioned, Chris Tanev and uh, Yaroslav Halak. So yeah, I think, and, and even Mike Green, right? Uh, Mike Green could uh, it's not going to get the most, but I mean. Mike Green could add something for you. It's 69. And uh, his morale, yeah, it's at 58. It's he was injured, so it's a little bit, a little bit lower. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Excellent compared to some of the guys that we were talking about, uh, some of the teams that we were talking about. So one of those exactly. teams might be looking for a guy like that for sure. So Call me uh, guys available. And he is available, is he? All right. <laughs> <laughs> Shameless plug. All right. Uh, Portland Buckaroos, J.D., JD is seventh in the World Conference, right behind you. He's, uh, but not right behind. He's four points back, but uh, seventh in the World Conference, five points up on KC. Uh, he has Jamie Ben. He picked him up earlier this year. Picked him up yep. from the Norseman. Uh, Justin Williams. Justin Williams has an 88 scoring. Um, Carter Rowney and Mike Smith. And Mike Smith right now is actually looking like he will get an excellent re-rate. I, I never, never thought I would say that this year. But I Mike Smith, Smith, I don't think Mike Smith would have would have would have thought that this year. <laughs> Let's be honest. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, he's got some options there between Jamie Ben and Mike Smith as as his franchise player. Um, who I, I don't know. I don't know what he'll do there. With there, he's he's very deep. Uh, he could use a number one goalie for the year for sure for the playoffs yeah. this year. Yeah. Um, and he has lots of prospects and picks to deal. 
Yeah, I mean, he's got two firsts, importantly, which means that he yeah. could lose, you know, he could trade a first to get a really, really significant piece of the puzzle for the playoffs and still have, right. you know, still have a first, right? right. Uh, he'll probably be keeping his own and trading Las Vegas's, but it depends yeah. on the deal. But yeah, I mean, he definitely needs a goalie because that that tandem isn't going to isn't going to get you terribly far. But otherwise, he's in pretty good shape. I mean, his 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 forward group is really good and very deep. Uh, his defense is, 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 again, you know, is really good. His, his top six is amazing. And he's got, you know, uh, Montour there as the seventh man. Mm-hmm. So really, I think I think if he if he picked up, uh, you know, like uh, Corey Crawford, if he was available yeah. or, uh, you know, Yaroslav Halak or, you know, <laughs> someone like someone like that, you know, yeah. uh, I think it would it would it would go a long way. Because, I mean, yeah, like Mike Smith is going to be going to get a good re-rate, but. Mm-hmm. He's not the guy you want to have here, as you're saying. And and Carter Hart, you know, he's done he's done pretty well. Like he hasn't yeah. done terribly, but he hasn't he hasn't blown the doors off the sim. Yeah, he won't he won't have a great re-rate next year, especially because he's so young too, right? Yeah, to be that young, right? And, and to get a good re-rate, you have to be you have to have a really good season. And uh, he just hasn't had a great season, right? So he's he's, uh, a, he's he's the perfect guy to hang on to for for him because it means that you know Carter Hart will I mean he's cheap first of all and he's young yeah. but he'll be you know even when he, even if he has an off season like this year he'll be good enough to be a backup oh, yeah. you know what I mean if he if he goes with Smith Carter again but just flip it you know what I mean well uh, and Demko in that other league has been on fire as of late yeah. right I mean he had a tough go earlier but but he's been absolutely on fire lately and so that could continue for the rest of the season Demko could end up being like an 80 for him right going into the next year you never know right so um well, he's goal, good goalie goal. ratings are notoriously haphazard <laughs> so it's tough to that's predict, right but uh yeah i think he's good for next year in goal but uh, but for this year uh this team with it with a goalie that just a little bit higher there than uh, carter hart um uh, carter hart has some good ratings but uh yeah with such low experience and leadership um that's a tough one to go into playoffs with just really counting on him right so exactly maybe especially with the team he has up front um yeah to add that big goalie uh he could do major damage in the playoffs so yeah absolutely yeah. all right all right so let's move on from portland and jd and we'll move to the Reykjavik riders and sylvan and sylvan is fifth in the world conference and let's see who he has he has Jakob Vorchek. PK Subban and Simeon Varlamov, who will all be um, who will all be uh, UFAs this this summer. Mm-hmm. Simeon Varlamov is going to get an elite re-rate. Jakub uh, yeah. Vorchek is going to get an excellent re-rate, and PK Subban is actually having a pretty good year, so he will have a good re-rate. Sylvain is in great shape. Surprise. Uh, and, and again, you know, as always, his team is stacked and deep. I mean, every yeah. year. Uh, there's really no, there's no real obvious, uh, uh, things that needs to do again. I think maybe, maybe a better backup. I mean, Pekka Rene is, 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 is good, right? Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could do it with Pekka Rene, but if you can get a guy who's maybe a little bit better than Pekka, then that's great. Uh, other than that, geez, I don't even know. I mean, yeah, he's got, nitpicking, uh, maybe another high end defenseman. Yeah. That, right. Like, yeah. uh, it's pretty good. Like he's got well, is. and he's got he's got good depth. So I mean, he could get rid mm-hmm. of like a like a Justin Falk or a Brian, you know, uh, Demoulin or TJ Brody or someone yeah. like that on his defense to help, you know, bolster somewhere else, right? Move that right. for say a backup mm-hmm. goaltender or you know maybe an improvement at forward or something. But uh, right. 
you know, again, he's another guy who doesn't have a ton of of defensive forwards. So uh, someone like, um, uh, oh, yeah. you know, someone like uh, from Toronto, like uh, Nick Felino or someone like that from Toronto might be a, oh, yeah. a good target. But yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He's yeah, it's got uh, Sorelli. That's and that's it in the top two, maybe even three lines for for anybody with. <laughs> Uh, oh no, he's got Henrik, but but that's it. Like Henrik's only a sixty-eight defense. Uh, everybody yeah. else seems to be below sixty in defense up there. So yeah. you're right, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah, something I didn't catch. There you go, the the wily old veteran. Notice I obs- I obsess over defensive forwards. I, <laughs> I wish I wish I had more this year, but what are you going to do? Okay, so let's move on now to uh, to the Seattle Grunge, and we have Phil in uh, in Seattle. Uh, he only has one UFA this uh, coming up, and that's Yannick Weber. He's not going to get a good re-rate. Phil needs a franchise player. Um, but is he one of those teams that needs a franchise player that's, you know, 29 and is going to be good in two years? Or or would he benefit from somebody that could help him next year? What do you think? It's tough to say. I, I don't think that he's a... Uh, uh a next year kind of team. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that like next year he's going to, he's going to be, he's going to be making like a serious push or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he's super far out. I mean, he's no, got he's some not, very no. good, he's got some very good, uh, he's got some very good guys, you know what yeah. I mean? Coming up. Yeah. So, you know, but so I, like I say, like, you know, a, a franchise player that you sign for maybe three years and maybe by the time that third year runs around, if you're not, again, if you're not, if by the time that, you know, he's coming to the end of his contract, if he's, if he's, if you're still not there yet in terms of, you know, making a run or making a playoff push, uh, you can always trade one of these veteran guys, you know, in the last year before the franchise mm-hmm. player tech runs out and get a return on them. So as long as you don't overpay to get them, if you can get them on a, you know, reasonably cheap, um, then uh, it's definitely worth get, worth uh, using the franchise tag. I mean, better than Yannick Weber, that's for sure. So Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm looking up front, and I see six players that could give him a good top six. Uh, not not the highest-end top six, but a good top six. Like, Nick Schmaltz is having a good comeback here in the in the other league. Um, yeah. uh, Brady Kachuk will, I Obviously. think he will get an excellent re-rate next year. Yeah. Um, and then there's uh, there's others. We, you know, Dominic Cahoon is, could... Uh, He's got some something going on, uh, and then there's a couple others there. So, so yeah, uh, that'll be interesting. This will be a, a really interesting one to watch. Like, uh, yeah, so franchise player would be would be great, but I don't think he needs to sell the farm for it. No, right? I think so, I think the guy the, the guy that he should be looking at moving though for this one would be Alec Martinez. I think mm-hmm. because a he's a good veteran a good veteran uh, D man. And he signed for another year, and he's mm-hmm. not going to have. He's having a good year in the NHL, so he's he's going to have a decent re-rate as well. So there's that kind of added value. So I mean, ultimately, next like next year, he's not going to be competitive. So, and and Alec Martinez isn't going to be a guy that you're going to franchise next year. So he's you know, he's kind of at maximal value right now. I think so. It'd be a good time to move him for what he can get. And he's one of those teams. He's only he's 37 points out of the playoffs right now. He's 14th in the world conference, 37 points out with 20 games. To, he's only a game or two away from starting to go for lottery, uh, lottery points. He yeah. could, he has some players there that we've talked about that yeah. could, that could really help him though. Chris Terry could come up um, and help him a lot. He's got 72 morale um, and has some good rating, like good ratings, not great, but good ratings. 
Um, another one uh, like uh, Sorella, um, Kachuk, if he could get it turned around a bit, like he's got good, like he could actually win some game and he could be one of those, one of the front runners for that lottery, for that lottery, uh, for that lottery pick and have a pretty good yeah. percentage going in. I think if he if he managed to pick up a, a goalie on the cheap, you know what I mean, like a high sixties goalie or something yeah. like that with decent morale. Uh, he's not be, doing it with Dubnik this year. <laughs> yeah, well, Ted Morale is not going to do it. But uh, you know, he. But like I say, that that's all it would take, and then that yeah. that could win him a couple of games and get the ball rolling, and yeah, he might yeah. do well for himself in the lottery draft. So, for sure, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Um, let's move on from Seattle. We'll move over to the St. Louis Spartans and Sean. St. Louis Spartans. Now, this team, like I always think, I I just hear the name, and I think, okay, they're like they're a great team. They're going to be, um, they're going to be in it. They are in it, and I look the team over, and they're not as good as I thought this year. Yeah, I I, I was confused by the Spartans when I was looking at it too. It's like, what what is this team? I don't like. Are they going for it? Are they not going for it? Are they a good team? Are they a mediocre team? Like I can't even make my mind up about it at all. They've got and some. Just- Good yeah. parts to it. They've got good assets. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? But the whole yeah. thing doesn't seem to come together properly. I don't know why. And, that, and, and I just remember now that was the team that Delta. I'm like, who did uh, they get Bergeron from in Montreal? And of course, it was St. Louis. So he's yeah. already Delta Way Patrice Bergeron. Um, that was a huge piece, obviously. Um, yeah. he, what he has left for uh, players to go for uh, for it with franchises are Louis Erickson, Par Lindholm. And Marc-Andre Fleury, Marc-Andre Fleury is having an incredible year in that other league. Uh, he yeah. will be his his franchise player for sure. Absolutely. Um, so I, there's no there's no worries in that. He is in the playoffs right now. He's eighth in the World Conference. He's four up on KC. Uh, he, Marc-Andre Fleury is a 75 right now. Like you said, he's going to be just huge next year. Uh, but what does he need? He needs a backup to Fleury. Yeah. Um, and some D and some secondary scoring because after Kopitar, like Kopitar is huge, but and leading the league in scoring, but after Kopitar, uh, it's a drop off. I kind of feel like he's in a position where he, he almost needs, I mean, if he's looking forward towards the playoffs and trying to, to, to make some noise in the playoffs, I feel like he almost needs too much mm-hmm. to, to make a serious yeah. push in the playoffs. And so like, he'd have to give up more than he should in order to make the playoff push. And even then it's a, it's a bit of a crapshoot based on where is like, I mean, his defense is, 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 is fine. But I mean, if you're making a playoff run, you'd have to get at least two more decent D men in there. You know what I mean? So that alone, and then you add in a backup goalie and then some extra forwards. The next thing you know, all of your mid picks are gone, you know, so he might be a guy. I think his best bet is either to, Commit to giving up on the commit to the playoffs, like commit to not getting in the playoffs, like not caring about the playoffs, and just trade off a bunch of assets that uh, that aren't going to help you, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like Cody CC and people like that, or just commit to doing nothing and standing pat and just letting the chips fall where they may. If he makes it in the playoffs, he's got some assets that might make a might make some noise and and give it a shot, um, but. I don't know. I, I or if he finishes out of the playoffs, he can win a couple of games, hopefully, and maybe uh, you know get towards the draft lottery. But he'll probably be out too late by that point. So I don't if know. He's it's a tough spot. To, yeah, if he's deciding not to go for it, he's got Kevin Shattenkirk, who's got two years left on his yeah. deal, 
and has and is is a good playmaker and decent and decent score for a defenseman. Yeah. Um, there was a team we were talking about. I can't remember who it was right now that really needed some offense from D. Maybe uh, Shattenkirk's uh, that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like that's what I mean. He's got he's got some guys here that actually have mm-hmm. not even UFAs that have term yeah. left, but that a aren't necessarily going to help him. But he can yeah. get good value out of them now. So, but yeah. just but the, but again, that's going to commit him to not doing well in the playoffs. Not going for it. So you got to kind yeah. of just uh, that's a tough call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, so let's move on from St. Louis. We move to Stockton, the Stockton Cougars, and Tom. Uh, so Stockton has a couple uh, UFAs coming up. They're 12th in the World Conference. They're 25 points out with 19 games to go. Um, so probably seven games or so until, or so something like that, until they start picking up some of those lottery points. He's got Bobby Ryan, who's going to actually have a pretty good re-rate this year. I think Matthew Perot, decent re-rate probably. Uh, Nathan Gerby as well. And then he's got Hank. Uh, yeah. So Hank is a 71 goalie. He could help some teams. Absolutely. He could definitely help some teams as a backup for sure. Uh, and we've gone through a number of teams that need that need a uh, goalie that need, that need the back that backup yes. goalie. So yes. I mean, Henrik Lundqvist would be perfect for those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he if he was if he was to go for it after that point, like trying for that lo- the lottery percentage, um, the lottery points, he would need some forwards, um, and he'd need some not much D. Like he actually has some pretty good D. Um, yeah. to be in that mix with the with those teams that that he'll be battling against at that point. His D's actually stacks up really well compared to a lot of those, and his morale's a bit better than a lot of them. Um, yeah. But yeah, he would need some forwards to help. Yeah, for sure. It, so, it's going to depend on which which you know. I, I think he's probably with it. he's probably best. I mean, really, I mean, the, Henrik Lundqvist, he yeah. could get something for that. Mm-hmm. I mean. Like, crazy not to do it i mean like i i get from the from the you know with like that's what that's what i mean like normally it would be a no-brainer like henry mm-hmm. Lundqvist, he's out the door you don't even have to think about it but now with the new system yeah i don't know but i i suspect he'll probably move Lundqvist, yeah I, would think. I i think it would be a yeah a smart move to to do that um he'll be looking for prospects and picks for sure yeah i think exactly all right. Uh, I mean, if he could get rid of uh, if he could get rid of Jay Beagle, he 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 will. But I don't think anyone's going to touch him with that contract. So he's and making nineteen uh, morale too, right? Yeah, and he's making six point three million at sixty seven overall, and but he's got a ninety six defensive rating. Yeah, like I mean, he's he's he's, he's a very specialized, very specialized yeah. uh, player. But at six point three mil, that's going to be tough to get to unload that. Yeah, people are going to be asking, I'm sure, about Colton Skivier. He has a 92 defense, but he's yeah. only 1.5 a year uh, yeah. for two years, um, both uh, 67 as well. Uh, so very simple, only four dif- difference on defense. That's not much. And uh, and his morale rating is uh, 16 points higher than Beagle as well. I mean, yeah. if, if people are inquiring, that's the guy that I think that they're going to go after. Yeah, he'll get more value for him, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And he can play every position up front. Even better. Yeah, perfect. Tom, you got a good, you've got really a gem there. I love it. <laughs> you guys have all a couple, of course. We talked about uh, we talked about Lungfist as well. All right, let's move on from Stockton or Stockton, Stockholm, and uh, go to the Toronto Metros. 
and Chris. Chris is 12th in the Canadian Conference. He's 20 points out with 19 to go. Um, so probably in about eight games, he can start picking up some of those points. He's got two, two uh, UFAs coming into this offseason, Nick Foligno and JVR. JVR is going to get an incredible re-rate this year. Yeah, um, for sure. Absolutely. He's got to move Nick Foligno. I would think so. I mean, that'd be the first thing that I do because I mean, Nick Foligno is an incredibly useful playoff player. I yes. mean, look at the look at the checking, look at the defense. He's exactly a defensive forward. He can pass. He's got decent scoring. He can even take a face off in a pinch. I mean, he's 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 really he's got a good endurance and durability. Like, I mean, really, he's the he's the total package if you're looking for some grit and defense on the wings. Uh, mm-hmm. which a lot of guys that we've talked about thus far are like I, I, uh, Montreal and uh, I forget the other team. But there's another team that's that needs you know defensive forwards. Yes, this is the the first stop. He can get good value for this for this guy. Right there, absolutely. That's exactly the guy we were talking about, right? And it's, it's checking 97 checking too to go yeah. on with all that. Yeah, uh, his goaltending is absolutely fantastic. He's yeah. got uh, Carey Price. And uh, Jake Allen, um, he's actually got the uh, the Habs. He's got their tandem. Yeah, yeah, and, and he's a Leafs fan, so that's uh, so that's actually Sacrilege good. is what it is. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> okay, so I mean, he has he has some good players, um, but he's he's pretty far out. What he needs, uh, yeah, so. He needs to make a move. He really needs to to make a move. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he yeah, makes. I he agree. needs to make a deal because they have been few and far between for him. Um. So yeah. Uh, yeah. Nick can, Lino, yeah. Well, we were talking about it. We were talking about it before the before the call, and uh, and you know, if if he comes out of if if he comes if he, if the trade deadline goes and he hasn't moved Nick Foligno or James Reemsdyke then uh, he's crazy. He's got to move. He's got to move one of those guys for sure because there's no way. They both have good value right now. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So you're going to lose You're going to lose one of them for nothing. So you might as well get something for one of them. JVR has incredible value right now. And Nick Foligno, oh, yeah. like you just, you just talked about, he's great. Absolutely. JVR yeah. is going to have an amazing rating. Right? And he right now, he's got good ratings already. 76 passing, 80 scoring. Uh, yep. 61 defense is okay. Um, and his morale is not bad. It's 40. It's not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Um, yeah. That can easily, in the next 20 games, be brought right up with a, with a good team. Um, or even with one of those teams that we were talking about down uh, near the bottom. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. That, uh, that wants some of that. Like, that's a great addition for somebody. I don't know if, if Chris would move him, and I would see why he wouldn't move him for sure. But he's got yeah. to move on. Yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. All right, let's move along to Vancouver Island. We have Matt. And let's see here. Vancouver Island, they are Jeez. 14th in the Canadian Conference. In fact, they are last place in the entire SICHL. Uh, this is, this is, this is, I have to say, this is the greatest last place team in the history of hockey. <laughs> Sidney Crosby, Matt Farzell, William Carlson. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's a good team. This is this team should be in the playoffs. Forget about last in the league. It's unbelievable. That's his commitment. Well, we his commitment to the lottery. <laughs> I'm looking at Matt Barzell here and Fred and Victor Olofsson, and they have morales of 86 and 90. Yeah, 
for the last place team, they have morales of 86 and 90. And then you got Joey Anderson, uh, 88 morale, uh, Alex Nylander, 87 morale. He's going to transfer perfectly into going for that lottery percentage now. Like this, and he, and he can add, he doesn't have, as of, as of, um, as of uh, us taping this right now, he doesn't have a fantasy uh, a franchise player that I would look at for next year. Like Zach Smith, he has. Um, he's gonna have no re-rate. Yeah. Uh, so he's gonna be He'll picking pick up a franchise right. player He'll to go with it, yeah. and I'm sure that Matt will be picking up a franchise player that has a good morale right now and will franchise really well next year. Like he will have a good rating. Some of those guys we talked about, um, we've mentioned a couple of them, just. A perfect fit here. Well, and the the real kicker for his and why I think that Matt is pretty much a, I mean, if it was anybody but Matt, knowing the Sims history of screwing him, I would say it's an absolute lock for him to win this <laughs> the, this race to the bottom. I mean, the 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 real key, the re key, the real key is is Corpusalo because he's going to come up. He's got an eighty five morale. Oh. Because he's been killing it in the minors the whole year, right? So yeah. he's going to come up a 74-rated goalie with a high morale. In addition to the rest of these, he's going to be he's going to be stomping guys in the last little yeah, bit. Yeah, absolutely. The so. Yeah, but. yeah. Is and I mean, I've, we've heard Don talk about it on Twitter. Don's not happy <laughs> at all because how many games does he have against Matt going in, and now Matt's going to flip the switch and just be an absolute powerhouse. Going going home, right? In the last twenty games, Matt could go like eighteen and two. <laughs> so yet another reason why it's better in the world, baby. Better in the world, God. <laughs> Matt, better be careful. Oh no, he can't. He is eliminated. But I was gonna say he might actually. This team might actually make the playoffs after being eliminated. <laughs> well, like I say, I mean the 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 only like. In any other circumstance, you would say they're a lock, but there is, of course, because it's Matt, that uh, that chance that the very first pro game that Junis Corposalo yeah. uh, plays, he like you know his head falls off or something. Right. And he's exactly. get the rest of the, you know, he'll have some massive severe injury, and then now he's stuck with Matt Murray, and you know, so then he's screwed, right? So, but we'll see, we'll see. It's the Matt factor, absolutely. Okay. Well, and that to me, that's the problem that I had with that strategy, and and why again, why I applaud Matt for his bravery slash insanity because like that's a lot of eggs like you're burning yeah. a year you're burning a year of Sidney Crosby's contract on the right. chance on the chance that you're gonna suck in exactly the right way to get that top pick it's like woof I don't know man it's more more balls than I got that's for sure yeah so far it's worked out perfectly for him we'll see if that continues going forward absolutely all right let's move on to the Vancouver Vipers and Bryce and Bryce is 11th in the Canadian Conference. He's 10 points out with 21 games to go. His team is good. His yeah. team is good. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't understand. Like, poor Bryce. Every every year, the Sim, I don't know what it is. The Sim does not like Bryce. Uh, yeah. Because he has good teams year in and year out that I've been that I've been in the league. And he's always in that spot. Like there's like 10th or, or something like that, or, or even 11th in the, in our conference, in the Canadian conference. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, he the, is the, the projections for his team are always much, much nicer to him at the beginning of the year. Like whatever, <laughs> you know, when Henry comes out with like, okay, here's the rankings. You know what I mean? It's just, you, you hate to see the Vipers slide all the way down all year long. There's no reason. It's a good team. He's doing, it must be frustrating for him to put in the work yeah. and put a good team together and just, you know, Right. 
This is the pure curse of the uh, of the preseason power rankings. Absolutely, right there on on the Vancouver Vipers. He has four players that will be UFAs at this at the um, in the offseason. None of them are jumping off the page at all. Uh, Franz Nielsen will not be getting a good re-rate. Ryan Carpenter, I, I have to admit, is one player on here. I just didn't even check because <laughs> I don't think he's going to get a good re-rate. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> shocked. If you talked about Brad Hunt before the show. Sorry. Yeah, I was going to say I'd be I'd be shocked if we looked up Carpenter now and he's doing you know a point a game. <laughs> that seems unlikely. No, that's right. Uh, Brad Hunt, we talked about before the show. Um, he's got a goal, uh, and Troy Groshenik has been on the taxi squad. Uh, in that other one, and uh, yeah. just and when he's played in in the in the minors, in the other one has been really bad. So okay. he's looking for a franchise player, I would say. Um, yeah. But uh, doesn't I don't think he's going to give up much to to get him. Uh, I don't see I don't see him making a big deal for one. But I, uh, I I'm sure he will pick up a franchise player that will be better than one of those guys. I think one guy that he could maybe look at moving is uh, Nyquist, who I think uh, would be, he's got two years left on his contract. I don't think his re-rate's going to be amazing. Um, so I think he might be a guy that he could move for value because, again, you know, with, mm-hmm. uh, getting, a, getting, a, getting a winger before the playoffs is always a good thing. So uh, he might be able to get, if he, can, if he can get something good from someone, that might be an right. option for him. So Okay, yeah, and then he would probably get something... Yeah, something extra with that, right? He'd be, he'd be act, actually adding uh, adding prospects to it. They could add a franchise player and uh, a prospect or some picks or something with it, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, excellent. That would be excellent asset management. Moving on to the Whitehorse Huskies and Don. So Don is actually our other guest on the show today. He's gonna, We're going to be interviewing Don on the show. Uh, he, I, I can't understand it. I do not get this one. He is ninth in the Canadian conference, one point out. This is a team I always pick to be right at the top, if not winning the entire thing. I think his team is always incredible. He did just trade away Mika Zabinajad, the top-rated player in all of the SICHL that's not a goalie. Um, He's got still an excellent, excellent team. Uh, He's deep, deep, deep up front. He is incredible in the, at the top end of his defense and and his uh his extras are great too are, are good too uh what he's missing is goaltending he's got two goaltenders that are 73 and 72 but he doesn't have that number one guy and he yeah. still and he hasn't made that move for that number one guy he he needs to he absolutely has to like he's not going to make the play i mean he might make the play I mean, even if he makes the playoffs without getting a a, a better goalie He's not going to go far in the playoffs. I mean, right. he could he's because he's got enough talent up front. But I mean, he's, <laughs> he's 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 and especially where, like I say, there's guys out there. Do you know what I mean? There's yeah. there's there's you know Grice and and right. possibly Crawford and you know what I mean. So like there's 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 options out there for him to pick up somebody. He'd be crazy not to mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, like you, you don't want to go into the playoffs with John Gibson as your number one. Not 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 at these ratings. Like he'll do. Like I say, he's okay, and he's because his team is so dominant everywhere else. Uh, he still could succeed, right? It's not like he's going to be a complete flop in the playoffs. He still could mm-hmm. do it, but why why make it harder for yourself by uh, uh, you know 
by playing with with Gibson and, and Bernier as your tandem, right? Yeah, and I mean, he has Bernier, and Bernier is right now his, uh, who would be his franchise player. He's his only yeah. UFA. Um, yeah. He's actually, Bernier will get a, if he continues this, and it's I was really surprised to see this because of where he plays in that other league, but he actually is looking at a surprisingly good re-rate. Um, but he can move that, he can move Bernier. He doesn't need two 70, 72, 73 goalies. He can move Bernier in that deal to get that number one goalie. Um, Maybe that's that deal we're talking about with Eric. Um, But but he can move him in that deal, but he also needs that guy that will be a uh, a franchise player as well. So maybe he needs to make two deals. Maybe he needs to pick up a goalie that's the number one, and he needs to to move Bernier out to do that uh, or to do it in in a way to get another franchise player. Uh, instead of Bernie. Um, exactly. But yeah, I think so something needs be, to be done. Beyond that, I think that his 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 next pressing need that he needs to address is uh, his center depth because he has Nathan McKinnon, obviously very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know, when you get down to like Nylander and Hyman, neither of them have good face-off ratings. So you can't oh, really yeah. use them. They're more wingers. So yeah. you're going down to like Radic Fasca as your second line center. That's not fantastic for the playoffs. No. So if he could get a guy who could actually win a face-off to, to play on the second line, uh, you know, even if even at the expense of maybe moving like like Zach Hyman, for instance, you're probably not going to move Nylander, but uh, Zach Hyman is a guy you could move for a guy, you know, an equivalent an equivalent player at, you know, uh, who's more of a traditional center. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a yeah, uh, he can play Christian Dvorak there. It's very good face off, decent ratings for 74 and 77 in passing and scoring, but just not that caliber for a second line center that that you really want. Right. So. Especially uh, given how good his wingers are, you know what I mean. Like right, you don't want right. like you don't want to pair Matthew Kachuk with you know somebody who's yeah. terrible, right? So. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Absolutely. Okay. Wow. And I mean, all these all these scenes that we've talked about today, um, they could just do the complete opposite of what we talked about. They almost but... certainly will, actually. <laughs> <but that's... laughs> yeah. But uh, but man, I really appreciate this. Uh, thank you so much, Norm. And, uh, wow, we are going on an hour and 40 minutes and it feels like we just started talking. So I really appreciate it. Always love to have you on and appreciate your insight. Um, thanks for coming on. Good luck to you the rest of the way and into the playoffs. And I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to your next video. I have to say that that last video was fantastic. Maybe, uh, maybe, uh, maybe after the trade deadline, I'll, uh, I'll, uh, I'll do a little critique of everyone's deals. <laughs> so I'm going to be silently when you're when you're sending in your trade requests from now until the trade deadline. Know that I'm going to be silently judging you, and then not so silently judging you when it's all done. So prepared. Perfect. All right, Norm Donovan, GM and uh, GM of the Philadelphia Fire Ants. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thank you. That'll do it for another edition of the podcast. Thanks again to my guests, Don Morrison, GM of the White Horse Huskies, and Norm Donovan, GM of the Philadelphia Fire Ants. If you have any ideas for the podcast or would like to be a guest on the podcast, just DM me at SICHL Rockies. Thanks again for listening.